Anna, we're doing our memorable moments again. Merry, do I say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to you? You can say whatever you like. I mean, I, I like it when the British people say Happy Christmas because it's always like, huh. <laughs> you know, I, I like do a like cheerio that too. moment. But no, hey, dear listeners, Happy Holidays. We came up with a great compilation here. So we have our memorable moments. Yeah. And then on Thursday, we have a bunch of deleted stuff. Uh, the Lost Tapes Volume 2. There's an interview with you and Tom Cruise, or actually Adam Scott playing Tom Cruise. And that's coming up I on Thursday that. on the Thursday show. So I hope this Christmas and Hanukkah and this holiday season brings you all of this joy. And we appreciate all of your support for three years. And Anna, thank you for everything. Thanks, Sim. Now I have to thank you, don't I? No, and you don't have to thank I me. love you, Sim. But fuck you. It wouldn't be a happy holiday season without me telling you that. <laughs> For May 8th, Dax Shepard. Shepard. Ideally, would you want to have sex every day? Not every day. No, like, no how, I'm 43. What's the guy's perspective? Okay. I think um, probably twice a week would yeah. be, you know. Twice a week? That's it? This very weird thing. I think I talked about it the last time I was on and we took callers, which is the male <laughs> ego is so stupidly linked to that, right? Like, so... I think for Kristen, she wants me to be very interested in what's happening during her day or maybe talk about a book that she's reading or do that together. And that's very um, fulfilling for her. And uh, for a guy, I don't care if she's interested in anything about me. I just if she wants to fuck twice a week, I feel very flattered in my self-esteem through the roof. It's preposterous and primitive, but it is how it is. How much would you like to have sex a week? And don't there's. There's two categories for this. Uh, there's like single, that's every day, of course. But married, let's go to six years of marriage. What do you? What was your desire level? I like to have a lot of sex. Oh, you do? I do. Congratulations Thank for you, you and your partners Thank and you. everyone involved. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I talk about this with my girlfriends that like uh, because when we've talked about this on the podcast before, when a woman initiates and then and the, her partner is not into it yeah a, it there's a specific kind of Shame like pain and, yeah, yeah whereas you guys are sort of adjusted to it as a society we're used you to know, getting like, turned down yeah yeah, yeah. we uh, spend most of our youth in our 20s but then it sort of makes you feel like well is something uh, wrong with me that i you know i well, i want to have you know this much sex but you didn't put a number on it i do want to hear a number a lot is still vague uh like 1.5 times i, I a like week. to have sex every day Every day, I do. This is very abnormal and interesting. This is you're an outlier. <laughs> okay, how does it feel being an outlier? <laughs> does it feel as good as I would imagine? I just hope it doesn't become like some fucking clickbait. <laughs> oh, it, it already is. Oh, like God, every time, no. every time you talk to Dax, it becomes insane <laughs> no, clickbait. God. Yeah, yeah. Not intentionally. But do I, you... I don't like when headlines <laughs> come out of these things. But do you guys also like all sexual terms? Like, you know, like you were saying, like knocked up or like blowjob, like everything's sort of male centric as fe women. We don't have a lot of like uh, the counterpart to that. I agree. Like, I think yeah. I got hammered last night <laughs> because that just means just getting wasted, which you guys took too. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Well, you could say I got hammered last night. In, in I, I reference just, to sex, and it, it's a very specific type of lovemaking <laughs> you experienced, I guess. But but it is you bring up a really good point. And when you have kids, it's kind of interesting to start thinking about how you phrase all this stuff. So like someone recommended us, and I thought it was really smart, is that when you're telling your daughters about the birds and the bees, and you go, okay, this is how a baby's born. 
Uh, typically, you'd go, a man puts his penis inside of a woman's vagina, and then he fertilizes her ovum, and then you have an offspring. Oh. But just changing it to, oh. then you... So the the woman puts the man's a penis woman? inside of her vagina. Yes, just phrasing it that way, Completely. so that from the very beginning she recognizes it's something. It's a choice she makes and can initiate and be in charge of. You are going to envelope him. <laughs> What's Between, envelope mean? You know, like envelop. Oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're going to welcome his penis into your vagina. <laughs> And if things go well, he's going to fertilize. But you're, that's really smart, though, Dax. Well, who knows if it'll all... I guess you just... You do everything you can, and then, of course, it's not going to work out. But you at least tried. That way, when they're when I'm paying for, like, the fourth rehab, I go, well, I fucking gave it a college try. It just backfired. <laughs> you know? You're just trying to alleviate future guilt, I think. Are you having a boy or a girl? I'm having a boy. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Why? Well, they're they're crazy and they're animals. And I have two little girls. And anytime we take them to any kind of like birthday party, I say, you stay away from them. They're dangerous. They're All they're trying to do is break whatever's in front of them. They find something to swing immediately and they just start smashing. Is that that's not the case with your little boy? No. It's not. I mean, he's he is crazy, okay. but but he's really good. Like he's really happy and he's a little bit maybe more of a pleaser than some boys mm-hmm. are so he's always like making things for uh-huh. me probably because i'm gone all day so he's mm-hmm. like can i find no, out just some got sad. i know <laughs> oh god well because he no. spends most of the year in nova scotia and i'm down here working so <laughs> but i i know i love having a little boy i love it it's so much well it's- for a woman it's awesome Right, what, but do you feel that way about having daughters? Oh, one hundred percent. Well, first, let me just say, I wanted a boy really bad, and then I have a, an older friend who I look up to, who's got two daughters, and I go, uh, and we were convinced we were having uh, a, a boy, the first one. I don't know why, uh, and then we found out in the ultrasound it was a girl, and we were both kind of let down. And my my older buddy said, "Oh, you just hit the lottery. Now, now they're not going to dr- sneak out in your cars and smash them into telephone poles, like all these things that you can still have things." nice things and the boys won't destroy him and i was like oh that's kind of interesting and then that whole edible thing where the girls just love their dad just like your boy loves his mom i was crazy about my mom wanted to kill my dad it's also predictable right right but i mean i was a fuck i like fucked shit up you did well yeah as a teenager yeah as a teenager or as a kid but we talked no, about that you were doing this very incognito very on the that's DL, true well right? liar yeah maybe maybe i don't know Little, I don't know. This was the, watch out for the girls being liars because we're good little actresses, you know? Right. Are you worried about your daughter's... Anna, yes. No, and that's no. why I came today. <laughs> uh, but your daughter's <laughs> becoming... Te- you know, I was always worried about... I mean, I wanted a boy first just because I don't know if I can handle teenage daughters. And I told my wife that too because well, she also told me that she was difficult when she was a teenager. Now, be specific. What, just what re- thing rebellious, about being t- you know, okay. just think... I don't know. I just don't know if I could handle a teenage girl the way I could handle a teenage boy. Because you're going to get physical with your young man? Um, <laughs> yes. Is that the plan? <laughs> I'm curious because how are, are you wor- nervous or worried at all about your girls growing up? No. Um, I think a lot of dads have this fear of them becoming sexual. And I don't have that fear. I'm very pro-sex. Um, I'm very anti them having sex to get validation from a guy. I think there's bad versions of having sex, but if you're young and you're horny and the guy's respectful and he likes you, I don't really care. I think it's one of the weird gifts you get on this planet Earth ride. So I'm not very troubled by it. 
they'll be on birth control, you know, when they hit nine or ten, and then if they have high self esteem and they're doing it just because they're horny and not because they want a guy to like them, I'm fine with it. And then I hear when they go nuts, they they generally aim that at mom. I think. Did you aim yeah. yours at your mom? Yeah, I mean, but th- but that was also because she was around more. The way we frame the raising of daughters, especially in terms of um, their growing into their sexuality, it's so guilt-ridden mm-hmm. and shameful and completely confusing. There's like so many mixed messages that are sent to both genders, but I do think especially for, for girls, at least when I was growing up, I mean, my parents are atheists and they wanted me so desperately to be a virgin until I got married. Really? Yeah. That's, that's bizarre. And, um, I know. I couldn't quite figure out the reasoning. What if your husband's a terrible lay? Yeah. What if he never does last longer than three seconds, and that's what your—that's your life. But it, I think it was that older, you know, that that mentality. It, that's a tough thing for a young person well, to grapple with, and good for you for raising your daughters with like feeling very confident about their bodies. Well, Monica, you met on my podcast. We yeah. were just discussing this. She, she was, was kind point- of a bitch. Are you fucking? Kidding? She's the <laughs> nicest person ever. She was pointing out that there are millions of movies that deal with boys masturbating at a young age yeah you know like uh, american pie uh, squid and the whale it's like it's so um ever present in our our society that you could only conclude that it's socially fine for young boys to be jerking right. off all the time right and she said there's almost zero representation of young girls masturbating in movies and in tv shows and then we got sidetracked with a kind of an argument about why that was or wasn't. But but suffice to say, she's dead right. So there, if you're a young girl and you start masturbating and there's there's no evidence that any other young girl is doing it, and it's already inherently a shameful activity, and I don't know why. Because like you say, my, my parents weren't crazy religious, but I felt super guilty jerking off. I was like, I've got to stop this habit of mine. I would try to quit all the time. I could make it like 12 hours tops, and then I'd feel bad. And that's... I don't know why. There's no reason for that. I know. And so if you then have to layer on like some kind of societal shame on top of it, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, no, completely. I yeah. Can I say one more thing while yeah, I'm on my yeah. hobby horse about sure. women? Oh, I love it. I love it. To your point about uh, female sexuality, here's another thing that we do that's so confusing to young girls, which is right from the time they're three years old and put on their first dress, it's, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, yes. you're so pretty, you're yes. so pretty, you're so pretty. Oh, look how pretty Not you are. Look I how pretty that, you are. but yes. So you're so pretty, you're so pretty, you're so pretty. Now, um, don't ever let anyone touch that body. So you're so pretty, it's so powerful. And then also, you're not allowed to let anyone in. That's your responsibility. Every guy's a lion. He's going to try to kill you. You got, you know, so it's this very mixed signal of like, all we're telling them is how sexually appealing they are. And then yet they can't have sex. It's so bizarre. No, you're you're 100% right. And to my mom's credit, even though this is a very, it's very complicated, clearly, she would always tell me, like, if you ever have a girl, never tell them, never, like, don't emphasize, like, the pretty, don't, like, mm. get, and, and I thought, I always, you know, she was always, like, tell them that they're smart. And uh, I, I always thought that was, because you're right, the early installation of this is your value, this is your value, this is your value, mm-hmm. don't use it. Yeah, but this is this is your this. And if it, and, it, and by the way, worth. the stakes are so high. If you pick wrong, that that boy better love you. And if he doesn't love you, now no one gives a fuck if their son has sex with a girl that doesn't love them. No one's concerned about that at all. Right. But you would better think about the the yeah the the uh, the pressure of make knowing whether a young boy loves you. How on earth are you determining that? Yeah. By him saying I love you, I don't. I, it seems Maybe, dicey to me. You know. 
Back of a Ford F-150. That's all it took for you? Please say it was uh, in the back of a Ford F-150 while going 75 no, 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 up, up no, a gravel road. No, it was in the basement. Oh. Uh, yeah, a uh, cold basement, mm. from what I can recollect. Uh, Whose house? The guy's house? Yep, and uh, it was lunch break. You know, as a senior, you you're allowed... You your virginity on lunch. Yeah, lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to leave oh. campus as a senior. Oh, my goodness. High noon, Yeah, you lost it. Yep, he, he made me a little mac and cheese. Oh, my God. And before, we exactly. the, before meal? Before. Free sex meal? Yeah. Nice full and belly. Granted, we, we only have an hour lunch. I think at the time, maybe. Oh, he's only going to yeah. need a minute. <laughs> it's high school. So he, like, you guys drove quickly to uh-huh. his house. Uh huh. Hightailed it. Yep. Was it always planned out or snuck up on you? It kind of was because I had had some, like, medical issues. So I had to get on birth control. And mm-hmm. I really, like. Can oh I my guess God. your medical issue? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm either going to say um, endometriosis or cysts. Sis, Yay! ding, ding, ding. Okay, that was a great. good game. Great. You win. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, I, so <laughs> at least I knew. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, what headline will they it pick? Was a special afternoon. <laughs> I feel bad for the clickbait creators. I don't even know where they'll start. All it takes a little mac and cheese. <laughs> July 24th, Kelly Ripa. Yeah, Mark couldn't believe that he was playing a parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's used to playing the guy that people scream at. I'm and technically a grandma on my show. Oh, I say that about porn. I'm a great grandmilf. <laughs> like, I'm a great great grandmilf by porno age. If you look at porn, which I do not, but I've been told that milfs are like 18. This and is then, exclusive. Kelly then, Ripa loves porn. Right. Exactly. That is I have, click I, in bait. my in my account. That's my actual. That's my uh, porn <laughs> hub. I almost said porn horn because it was like you porn and porn hub. Um, I blended them. I have my own account. But anyway, so there's milf is an eighteen year old. So that's like you're a. Milf. That's normally a mother. That's that a mom. Like but yes. but in the porn world, you're eighteen and right. that's your your gotcha. play the mom, and then and then the. Grand MILF is like a 25-year-old. Wow. <laughs> and then the great grand MILF is a 30-year-old. But you have a fetish if you like seniors. And seniors are like 40-year-old <laughs> women. And you're like, oh, my God. They don't oh. even have... I'm not even, fetish porn. I'm not even a category. Like, I'm off the chain. I'm so old that I'd be like, oh, reviving the dead. Like... <laughs> Right? Like, that's a whole new like creeper. That's like the fucking creeper porn. Geriatric pregnancy. Geriatric porn. Yeah. yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and with men. Fuck. Like, I mean, I feel like I may, like, my body might not be as tight, oh but I'm God. more expressive. It's, your body's perfect. <laughs> yes. I am more expressive. The looser my skin gets, the less I give a shit. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. I'm not sure if I can correct. Oh, you can fucking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I can fuck yeah. I'm like, I don't know why I just did no, that. No, please. 17 <laughs> minutes later, she covered the mic. <laughs> corrected herself. <laughs> I have a 17-minute delay. <laughs> you, you, it takes a you, good long time to get my button. Are you a good, lo- a loud lover? 
I think, I mean, it depends on how many family members are in the house. Gotcha. Okay, what about a hotel? A hotel, yeah. We're, we're nice and we're vocal. We let each other know that uh-huh. we let it, we show up for each Do other. Do you ever get nervous that like somebody can hear you or, or is, or is that a turn I mean, on? It's more like, it's, it's not like we, it's more natural. It's more like we get into it. Like it's more like a breathing thing. It's uh. more like. Panting. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. You. You know uh, what? You have a future in uh, a great grand milfery. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe we. It was my. We're not that. It was vulnerable. my backup plan. If we're I didn't make vulnerable. it as an actor, you were gonna, you're going. You're going into I, porn or porn? No, no, no. Vo- porn just, voiceover. Just porn. Porn voiceover. Porn bl. My favorite part about that was that Kelly was the play-by-play person. She was doing like the commentary yeah. over like, it. Oh my god, I think she's gonna come. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh no, uh, she's not. Oh, not quite. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh. I like that. Your entire crew is so used to that that they were like, they were just "Here's the champagne. champagne. Here's your cigarette." I guess it's cigarette time. <laughs> time for a smoke. <laughs> did you do Kegels after children? I did, but I can't tell if I'm doing them or not. And again, I had three C-sections, but not intent. Like, I did not set out to have them. I did, with the first two, I did full, horrible, terrible, long labors. You're not going to have that, Amy. It's not going to happen to you. No. Um, but I just had, like, un- I had the best pregnancies and, like, weird... I kept calling them Harry Potter pregnant, like Harry Potter deliveries. I was like, I don't understand. Everything was going fine. And now the whomping willow is happening. Like what's happening right now? Um, so I had C-sections. So I'm pretty. So you're still pretty. Still, tight. Like, still pretty. Tight. So, so, Mark, so Mark's, Mark's enjoying himself. I mean, I think he's having, he doesn't complain, but he's so stoic. Who would know? <laughs> he could be. I don't know. He looked happy. Didn't he look fine? Did he seem fine to you? He seemed he seemed very happy. I was like, I say to him, I'm like, does dad kids, does daddy look okay to you? I think he seems okay. The crazy thing Men about Men get too quiet at past a certain age. The crazy thing about Kegels, so at work, yeah. because I work with you know, we we have five other actresses on. It's so funny, the show. I'm doing it right now. Like ever since you said Kegel, I'm like, oh I, well, that's right, I so should. So I'll be, doing be like, you guys, Kegel break, Kegel break. Yeah. And so we'll all do Kegels, but we found that we can't talk. Right. When we do Kegels, because right. they require so much concentration. That's why I just got it's quiet. Like, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. you're right, you're right. And I'm like, you, you can hear my voice. It's different, right? Oh my gosh. Um, it's like, a, it's like I'm lifting Kegel, a weight. Kegel or Kegel? Kegel. 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 Kegels with Kelly. Yeah. Let's Did you it. ever? Let's do it right now. One, by the way, let's do one, two, three. Yep. <laughs> I just did like a. I just did, well, are you doing? Are you doing a bunch? Or are you holding it? I'm. I'm doing a bunch in, in rapid succession. Yeah, I'm pretending. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm pretending. Talking. I'm pretending that I'm picking up a toothbrush with it. <laughs> <laughs> I visualize like now I'm picking up. Now I'm picking up a pound of pound of grapes. <laughs> now I'm picking up a car off of my child. A car fell on my child, and I'm lifting it off. Mark is a lucky man. <laughs> January 30th, Jimmy Kimmel and Molly McNerney. This is called Molly's Game. Oh.
And it's our version of the newlywed game to see how well Molly knows you. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Um, so, Jimmy, do you have a pen there somewhere? We're, we, get, we need yeah. Jimmy to write the answers down. Okay. I think it's a vape pen, so. <laughs> okay, Molly, don't look at my oh, pad. Okay. 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 These are tough. Cassie. How tough could they be? I mean, they're about me, right? I should <laughs> oh, know them. Oh, no. All right, here we go. I like that. Wait, what was that sort of a Jersey thing? What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I mean, come on already. <laughs> um, okay, Molly. Yes. What is Jimmy's favorite thing to do with the kids? Favorite thing to do with the kids? I'm not answering. Okay. Okay. Number two, who is Jimmy's man crush? Okay. Oh, my man crush. What? I think of them as friends, but let me think. <laughs> okay, but think okay. silently, all okay. right? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, what would Jimmy say is your most annoying quality? Oh. Okay. The last lie, Jimmy. Wait, 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 wait. Jimmy's still on three. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's not, Jimmy can't even think of number two. <laughs> Jimmy shouldn't be able to think of number three either. The last oh, three came immediately. To oh mind. no, really? Yeah. Wow. The last lie Jimmy told. Last lie Jimmy told. I don't know. It's not like I admit lie. them. Uh, okay, knows, you're right. These are hard. Knows. I know. Um, I'll think about the last lie. I don't know that. I'm honestly trying to think of what that would have been. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think you may not have known, right? Yeah, yeah it's true. And it might be somewhere in here in yeah. this uh, in Molly's game. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Molly's game. Okay. All right. Let's go through the first question. What's Dear first listeners, one? it's Molly's game. I like the theme song. Oh, it's Molly's game. Molly's game. Here she is. It's Molly's game. Molly's game. <laughs> okay. I thought of it. All right. All right. Hey. Hi. Oh, Molly. Thanks so much for participating in your game. My pleasure. Okay, so what is Jimmy's favorite thing to do with the kids? Feed them. Ooh, that's right, but I got Shit. it wrong. Yeah, I like that you got it wrong. What did you say? I wrote draw or watch Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, the shoot. Well, no, yours was better. He makes pancakes uh, for our daughter Jane every morning, and not just typical pancakes he makes me look terrible oh because god he gets i hate out, that no he has six different squeeze oh, bottles god. of it's different colored like, oh dad's awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck <laughs> you yeah. jimmy yeah. fuck you fuck you jimmy <laughs> this Molly's game this is some game <laughs> he has six oh, squeeze bottles of being six attacked for colors. feeding my children Wait, he puts like dye in the in the yes. pancakes so he makes like eyeballs and stuff oh you would yeah, need he'll make a dory i love that that's like, awesome it's and he does Thank all you. freehand, it's unbelievable. It's it really so is quite a. And so then, lame. when it, the few times he's not awake and I'm awake and Jane wants a pancake, she'll ask, like, Can I have Thomas? I'm like, You can have a heart or a ball. <laughs> That's all I can offer. Yeah. What a fucking dick. Yeah. Don't you regret? <laughs> like, yeah. Don't no, you, you I regret love it. everything. I regret it all. No, he's an excellent cook and I'm very happy he does that. Thank you, Molly. But it does make me look bad. That's okay. Um, Number two. Man crush? Who's your man crush? Yeah, man crush. 
All right, this one is tricky. He has said before that Chris Hemsworth is like the perfect looking man, but that's not who he's going to say. He's going to say Huey Lewis or Mike Piazza. Huey Lewis. That's amazing. (laughs) Huey Lewis. Oh, that was amazing. Can I offer you a half See that? It's right there. Yes. Thank you. Molly, that was incredible. Thanks. Congrats, Molly. Okay, I forgot what the next... uh... Third one is... What would Jimmy say is your most annoying quality? How messy my car is? Mmm, quite the opposite. How neat... Tight your pussy is. Oh, yes! <laughs> no, wait, that's not annoying. That's wonderful. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, sorry. Didn't mean to blurt in. No, she always <laughs> wants it to win. be neat, and yeah. I am messy, and then she always... So I she, nag. Yeah, she, yeah. Then she nags me about it. He is the messiest human being on the planet. Mm. Not on the planet. Come on. Well, I sort of like the tight pussy idea, but... Sorry, I missed that one, Molly. Uh, Okay, so then uh, number four, what was it? The fourth one is, uh, what was Jimmy's most embarrassing celebrity encounter? No. No, did we say that? No, we we skipped that one. right? Oh. Yeah. The the last lie he told. The last lie. Mm -hmm. I skipped that one. Felt like the the encounter would be too long, and it might involve me or something. Uh, all right, so the last lie. Mm-hmm. Was it within the last 30 minutes? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have one written down? Yeah, but it's it was hard to come up with one, and I'm not lie. even sure. This may actually be a lie. I'm not even sure if it's true. <laughs> I'm sure I've done this once at least. Like, like told me you liked something I was wearing and you didn't or something? No, I always tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh God, You'll I, never guess it. But, all right, what is? It? I don't know. Um, when sometimes, I think this has maybe happened once, possibly twice. When you come up and I'm putting Jane, our daughter, to bed, you say, "Has she brushed her teeth?" And I'll, I'll say, "Yeah." <gasps> you son of a bitch! You did that like last night. Didn't no, you, I did before? brush her teeth last night. <laughs> sometimes but I that's smell. What made me I'm think like, of no it. way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, damn it! Yeah. I know. I knew you've lied about that. <laughs> you punk. <laughs> You can pay for the cavities. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> All right, you you lost again. Molly right. sucked at her own brave. game. I mean, what, you got you got one right. I got one. That's not bad. But I really got two because you screwed up. Yeah. What did I screw up? The, cook, the cooking for kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The right. January second, Nick Jonas. I mean, I I certainly don't. Have what it would all you look out. for in a woman? What I look for in a woman, um, or in a relationship? In a relationship, well, I think uh, my main thing is I, I look for someone that uh, meshes well with groups. I know it doesn't say a whole lot about a personality trait, but the first step is seeing how that person is around groups of people because that's kind of how my world is set up, you know. And um, that's my gauge on if someone is trustworthy. 
to kind. If they treat, this actually goes back to what we're saying, if they treat every single person at the table at dinner the same way they treat me, then I know that, uh, you know, there's there's care there. There's an ability to to really make an effort, you know. So that's number one. And then also... Uh, but that requires like a degree of confidence though, right? Yeah, like, conf- that's what I was going to say. I think yeah. confidence and that go hand in hand. Um, and that's not to say that someone's got to be dominating the room and conversation. Sometimes that can be overwhelming, but I think making an effort in some sense and in the same way that I would with, with new people. And, um, you know, that's, that's important to me early on. Uh, and, and beyond that, I mean, you know, uh, I think it's, I think it's tough to say, you know, what is, what is attractive because everyone is uh, attractive for different reasons and different times in your life. And I think, you know, it's, it's all sort of about going with the flow and enjoying the ride. <laughs> From September 11th, And we worked with Stormy Daniels three times. What? What movie was that? She was in 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, and she was in Pineapple Express. I don't know if we had a scene of her or cut her out, but she was Danny McBride's wife. So in the background, in the photos of his family, it's him with Stormy Daniels. But that was just because I'm very uncomfortable asking people to be naked. So I thought, I want someone who loves being naked. I don't want to ask an actress yeah, to yeah, be yeah. naked. Yeah, I want, to get a, I want to get a pro yeah. who's like, whatever. And then she was yeah. very cool. So we said, well, now whenever we need someone who's naked, let's just ask this woman. She seems very happy and she's nice uh, to have around. She told Seth on the set of Knocked Up that she had sex with Donald Trump. No way. So there's a good chance Seth is going to be at a congressional hearing at some point <laughs> next year and be like, yeah, she told me on the, on the set. I didn't think it was a big That's deal. <laughs> That's a good, that's a good Seth impression. Can you do his like sort of rapid fire laugh? I'm not. I don't think. I don't know if I'm as good at that. Like, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling it out in auditions. I mean, all sorts of great people have come in, and I've missed it completely. One of the funny ones was when we were working on Pineapple Express. I didn't think Brian Cranston seemed evil enough to play a drug dealer. <laughs> And so uh, I think we did a table read with him also. And everyone was like, he's so great. And I'm like, I don't know. He doesn't seem that scary. And so we had Gary Cole do it. And I guess I was proven wrong. Although it took him years to be the scary guy on Breaking Bad. He didn't start out scary. June 26th. This is one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. The way my parents read it to me. (laughs) One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. (laughs) Blackfish, bluefish, old fish, new fish. This one has a little star. This one has a little car. Say, what a lot of fish there are. Yes, some are red and some are blue. Some are old, some are new, some are sad, some are glad. And some are very, very bad. Why are they sad and glad and bad? I don't know. Go ask your dad. I think that's probably enough. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. A couple of things that I wanted to ask you. I saw your really thoughtful video about co-parenting. Oh. And it really resonated with me because of all the life changes that are going on. And I loved how you put it into perspective in terms of like, you know, never like talking shit about uh, pretty much like anybody, I think in general, (laughs) But protecting the stress of your children. And I thought that was just really wise and I and takes a lot of 
self-control. But would you mind talking a little bit about that for sure. our listeners? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I started a YouTube channel. I started a website called Grok Nation because I was looking to express more of myself as a writer and in particular as a mom. And I got divorced when my kids were four and seven. So, it, you know, it's been five years or so. And I also started a YouTube channel um, as a way to express more of myself in a way that a lot of people are getting information, which is, you know, through video, obviously through podcast. And what I've decided is basically to write as if I'm not a celebrity, to write the things that I want to communicate and process for myself and see if there's other people who want to hear that. So I don't think of it like, here are my Bialik's tips for how to get a divorce, you know? Um, like the the notion of, you know, this sort of like conscious uncoupling, right? Like when Gwyneth Paltrow talked about that and people were like, what is a silly term? I was like, no, I get it. Like, I get it. This is what a lot of us are experiencing. So that video in particular, which is, you know, one of our, our highest viewed videos, um, it's on, you know, kind of divorce, but that sort of fallout in particular when you have children to deal with. And what I will say, you know, I may or may not have had a very intense hour-long conversation with my older son, uh, indicating that even five years later, you know, the impact of divorce is is real. Like, a divorce is is not something that, you know, celebrities do because we didn't think that there were other ways to live life. And in particular, you know, people being so critical of people in the public eye. Like, shit happens to us too, you know? Um, so that video... Except in- for actual shit. We don't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, So that video really was the wisdom that's been shared with me, which I have found to be sound and true from my ex and I went to a a therapist through the process of our divorce and even several times after, because we knew that if we made babies together, parented them together, we were going to have to raise them together as well. We do divorced family outings. We do divorced family um, holidays. And was it hard at first? Absolutely. It was really painful. It's a bit better now, but it's still hard, you know? And I remember the first weekend that we physically were not living in the same home anymore, my older son got sick, you know? He got, like, like the worst cold ever. And he laid on that couch and cried for his father all day. And here I was, like... I raised him. I nursed him. I was it all the time before he even had consciousness. Um, And he just cried for his dad. And it took everything in me to not scream like, he's not here now. I'm what you've got. Shush. (laughs) And instead I did what I was told to do, which was to not move away from those feelings, which is so hard because I always wanted to be like, let's make a card about how much you miss him. And I was told not to distract away from that, but to say, yep, it's hard. And I miss being a family sometimes too. Like, wow. Right. Because kids know when you're not being sincere. And if I would have said to them, like, it's fine, we're fine, we're going to be fine, they would have known. Right. I was not fine. Right. I'm still not fine sometimes, you know? So I've tried to be honest with my kids in a way that my parents didn't know to because that generation of parents often had to be like, everything's fine. Everything's under control. Oh, we just had a big fight, but we don't talk about it. Everything's fine. I don't want to raise my kids like that. And I'm very envious of people who didn't get divorced. And even though our lives are okay and can be okay, it's hard and that's real. And that's our life. And it sucks. You know, it sucks sometimes. I love it that you're candid with your kids 
and you, you show them that respect of, of being candid. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're, they're headed for their own adventures. Correct. And especially I think for us raising boys, you know, like you, you want them to be sensitive and like connected to feelings. And I actually just made another video about what you do with all the stuff from your wedding and life when you have a kid, because that event was still the union that made them, you know, essentially, I can't just throw that away. That's part of their life. They want to see what their grandparents looked like, you know, right, right. before they were of born. Course. So it's been a real process of like, you know, assessing like, what do you keep? What do you keep emotionally? What do you keep attachment to? And also like, there's so much growth through heartbreak and struggle that there, that it is interesting to keep some of those memories to give you perspective mm-hmm. on uh, on where you were exactly. and how you've grown or probably in my case not grown <laughs> <laughs> and i think that as a society we're sort of pressured to make these very permanent decisions at a young age you know and and sort of not like the freedom of of change for all people should be sort of granted. I I think for women in particular, like no one told me that I wouldn't really have a handle on myself until I was almost out of my fertile years. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, no, like my mom never mentioned that like OPS, your twenties are going to be very rough, especially as someone who struggles with mental health stuff. Like twenties are so hard. And then your 30s, you're going to be like angry at yourself for what you messed up in your 20s and trying to write it. And then, oh, by the time you get to 40, when people are then calling you geriatric, if you want to have a baby, then you might finally feel like, oh, I get who I am. But like it took me till I was 40 to be like, oh, this is what social anxiety looks like for me. Here's how I can manage it so I don't destroy every relationship and event that I go to. Like, that's a long time. And my kids have lived through that, right? They've lived through me learning. And in some ways, that's beautiful. And in some ways, it's really hard. And I wish it wasn't so. Right. And I think for men, it's a lot different, you know? And like, now I'm dealing with like, oh, the hormones of being 40. No one told me that either, that like, oh, your midwife's going to stamp you as like perimenopause. What? Like, I'm a scientist and no one like didn't occur to me. Like, it did not occur to me that as you like enter the time when you know yourself, let's throw in hormonal shifts that make you act like a different person. And it's like what happens. Guess what? You're halfway through. Exactly. Like you're almost dead is what evolution's (laughs) telling me. Like we don't need you anymore. We will make you impossible for anyone to deal with. You're a witch. You're going to, right. You're going to grow hair on your chin and then you're going to lose it on your head. You'll get weird veins to the back of your knees that no one should think about, but I do. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, Sim, Sim is look at Sim. He's been so silent. He so he's having a a baby boy in three months. Everything's gonna get better. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless right now. I don't know what to say. I'm just taking it all in. Sorry. That that was amazing. No, but my wife is. She says it all the time. She said, "You have no idea how lucky you are to be a boy." She says it all the time, and I'm quickly understanding that she's right. Oh, I mean, all of history is also geared towards favoring men and all of religion too. So y'all have a lot working in your favor, but yeah, the hormonal challenges that we deal with, the complexity of expectations for like a women's movement that we needed, you know, the right to vote that we had to fight for 
for so like literally forever. Like I have to keep reminding myself how long it took for us to just be able to vote. So yeah, men have had a different ride. <laughs> and you know, I think a lot too about like the uh, simple traditions of a wedding ceremony. Yeah. And I was really kind of blown away by Meghan and Harry getting married recently. Oh, I was obsessed with the visuals. Like, it's fascinating. Oh, my God. She's, like, taking it back. I love this. (laughs) Um, But anyway. But, no, I think I never viewed myself as a very maternal person at all. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't know how to hold Jack at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do anything. And now that he's older... I feel like I, you know, we, I love, it's not that I didn't love being around him at all, but I just wasn't a great caretaker. Because maybe I wasn't really into babies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did what I had to do. Yeah. It's kind of something you just want to get through. Is this like, are we just the cat people? Well, I mean, people assume like, because I was like an attachment parenting person and I'm like a lactation educator and I had a home birth that like, I'm like, earth mother, like patient goddess kind of hippie. No, I'm the other kind of hippie that like, these are the things I believe in and I have conviction about them. But that doesn't mean that it's fun to nurse all night for four years. You know, like those aren't things that are, that come naturally to many of us. And I know women who love babies. That's not my experience. It's just a need machine. And even when it's yours and like, it's so special, those are hard years. And some women have a lot more patience I thought I'd have more. I did the best I could. It was hard. It was very hard. But I find that it's much more interesting when they are are talking and having a sense of humor and being like, do the Cockney accent, and mama. It's <laughs> like, I need my child to surprise me. Come on, do something interesting. <laughs> this pooping, sleeping, crying yeah. thing's getting old. I'm an interesting person. Why aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. And I think also like those are feelings that a lot of women don't think to express. And I think even the conversation about postpartum depression, which needs to be had, you know, that's a real thing. That's a scientific thing. And there's so much about women's health in particular that um, we really have been ashamed to talk about. And that's what I'm hoping this kind of new wave of progressive thinking, especially about women, can help us do, you know, to be able to say like, you know what, not every woman falls in love with the baby the second it comes out. Like sometimes it takes months. And for some of us, we can't wait till those years are over so that we can find ourselves again. Like that's also legitimate. It doesn't make us not as good mothers. It doesn't make us less feminine, less whatever. That's the scope of like the variety of being female and being human, you know? I think for me, like it was jarring, uh, like the shift of identity, like go, feeling like, okay, I, you know, I've been acting, I've uh, been making my own money for, for years. I've hustled. I'm an entrepreneur and I've, and I've fought to have a, a living doing something that I love, which is, I, I was on my own. Um, So then to have that feeling of succeeding and then to have the shift abruptly move. (laughs) I love it that you're laughing because I know because you're you're describing so well that shift in identity. Like that's it. 
Like, imagine if you have a whole life and identity that's like successful and and then it's like, here, do something you've never done before that you have no training for. You also don't get paid for it and you're probably going to do it wrong and then feel guilty. Plus you have all these hormones making you feel bananas. And then you have random fears that like, what if I drop the baby and it rolls down the stairs in a way that a baby's never rolled down the stairs before? Like that does not feel normal for those of us who were raised to be empowered, independent women who achieve. But like, imagine looking at it. This is why being a parent is humbling because I couldn't get this child to just take a goddamn nap. You know, like I can get a PhD in neuroscience, but I can't figure out like why you're pooping at the time that I didn't think you'd poop. And it makes us feel really powerless, you know, like it's humbling. Even as we're talking about this, though, I usually feel like a sleeping bag of guilt all the time. But I feel guilty that um, when we podcast with dads, we don't talk about this. And I, I hope, like, my justification is that I hope that our, our our listeners can get some value out of this conversation, this dialogue. Mm-hmm. But I do feel guilty dominating this conversation about motherhood because it sort of reinforces the idea that um, a father won't be grilled about loss of identity. Well, or like, right. And I think you're, you're right. And, you know, it's my, my ex-husband is a stay-at-home dad. And you know, he really dislikes when people are like, oh, you're babysitting the children. He's like, no, I'm being their parent, you know, or when people are like, wow, you made them lunch. That's he's like, yeah, that's what, that's what parents do, you know? So I think it, it works both ways, but I also think that, you know, for all of human history, like women weren't given access to the outside world in many cases. Right. We were, we were, we were told to make children when we were literally f- fertile as soon as possible that was our job to make as many babies as you could because so many would die. Right? I mean, like these are things that we don't think about. So the the wonderful progress of the women's movement, you know, is that we can have that independence and yet we're still being expected to, kind of, you know, raise children like we're on the prairie. You know? And yeah. raising children alone or with a man is not the way women have ever done it in history, except the last couple hundred years. Putting a man and a woman together with a child and saying like, figure it out. That's really not normal. Remember that for, hot sex you yeah, had exactly. a few now, months ago? Right. Now do this. And, you know, women usually raise children with other women and with friends and right. yes. like other, if you couldn't breastfeed, someone else would for you. Like that made sense for primates because that's how we're programmed. If I, I don't I'm, want a man around me all the time. I'm <laughs> like, 41 and I don't think, I'm not sure I can get pregnant again due to my incredibly healthy lifestyle. <laughs> but but if I did, Maya, yes. would you breastfeed my <laughs> baby? I'm going to go on record and say, yes, I would. Thank you. Yes, Thank I you. would. So, and but. if I couldn't, I'd find someone who could. <laughs> oh, you're well connected. Yes. <laughs> the sisterhood is alive and well. I'll take any milk I can get. That's right. From March 27th, Zach Rath. Before you got here, we were... Sim Drinking. And were, <laughs> Sim and I were throwing around an idea of a new podcast. Uh, we, Called Caitlin. No, which we wanted you to be a part of. Yeah. Well. Okay, I'll be in it. I don't have a podcast. It's very cool to have a podcast, and I know you have a very successful one. I, I really am late to the game, but I'd like to get in on this action. But you know what? You are the one that's going to make podcasting famous. Like I'm going to It's going to make it pervasive. I mean, I'm going to try. With, I'm, with putting it on AB, I'm putting it on ABC. I'm putting it on ABC. Everyone will know what a podcast is. 
after your show comes out. I hope so. So the idea for our new podcast, yeah, maybe I'll just start it off, right? Sure. You want to pitch it to him? Yeah. All right. Yo, what's up, motherfuckers? This is Chad with Bros Before Hoes. I got to get, I got to work on my male voice. Tyler? That's your male impersonation? <laughs> we're, we're so horrible. <laughs> uh, do, do kids say yo anymore? I don't know if yo is still around. Um, what's up, brah? What's up, bro? Brah. Brah. What's up, brah? We got bros before hoes coming at you. <laughs> Not live. Because it's a fucking podcast, dicks. We're going to talk about pussy. We're going to talk about tits. We're going to talk about uh, fucking uh, wing dings. I'm here. This is this is just so, I'm, just so I'm clear. This is a guy's podcast. <laughs> so this is wait. What's the the, the target yeah. demo? Yeah, obviously, what, what's, it's, what's yeah. the premise? Right. It's so, just guys talking about guy stuff. By the way, Zach, this hasn't been developed. This is oh, literally. I oh, I couldn't this tell. Is, this we're, <laughs> we're talking about Becca. <laughs> I couldn't tell. It hadn't been workshop. Becca's not wearing her fucking sports bra. Yo, Chad, too. Did you clock that? <laughs> I clocked it, yo. This is the worst podcast ever. What? Wait, you really thought that, first of all, Bros Before Hoes is a great title for a podcast. Especially if it's by a woman. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yo, brah. We're here with Zach Braff. Woo! Fuck yeah, dude. How much pussy are you getting lately? <laughs> Wait, this, this is your impression. But that's what the show should be, by the way. I think it should just be called Anna Ferris Presents How Much Pussy You Getting Lately. How much pussy you getting lately? And Zach Braff. And it's a very short show. The guy comes on, he's like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. And it's over. Yo, thanks for being here, Zach. How much <laughs> pussy you getting lately? I'm doing all right. Thank you for very... For but like, be specific, uh, yo. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Al Pacino. <laughs> so no bros before hoes? I, I don't know. I love I, it. You know what? I think there's an audience there somewhere. Oh, thanks! Your wow, peep, that sounds better. Running around with I know. Well, did you have a little bit of a? You have a posse. Yeah, an underpaid. You have minions. Hardworking, <laughs> believing types. Yeah, they believe in you. <laughs> Do you think that you're you're kind of like a godhead to them? Oh yes, of course. Okay. Yes, to most people. <laughs> they, Am I not to you they, as well? They probably both have small tattoos of you somewhere on their bodies. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. June 5th, Natasha Lajero and Moshe Kasher. Natasha, yes. first deal breaker goes to you, but you have to imagine that you're single, and I know that you're both sitting on a furry beanbag. Unimaginable for me. In, I just I can't like, even picture it. In, like, with, in a room that's unfurnished, uh, in a mattress on the floor. There's Celeste pizza on the ground. There's grapes. There, yes. Isn't that appetizing? <laughs> Wouldn't you like a paper towel and a half-baked I'm going to eat pizza? one when, Mo- when Moshe answers his okay. question. Okay, uh, first one's for you, Natasha. He sleeps with his eyes open. <laughs> How's that a deal breaker? That's a psychotic person. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Deal breaker. Why? Because um, it seems like it's, it's, a, it's a symptom of a deeper problem that I don't want to deal with. Okay. All right. All right. I want someone healthy and fun who doesn't sleep with their eyes open. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just do. One time on a camping trip, I found my best friend um, asleep with her eyes open. And it was it was terrifying. But 
Did maybe. she do it every time? Well, I didn't like sneak up on her every. I mean, right. maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, our baby sleeps with her eyes open, and I, it's not a deal yeah, breaker. Yeah, she sleeps with her eyes open and a knife in her hand. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Natasha does like, well. I can't you've tell. You've got to go get her. Yeah, a real go get her. She's going to be in Scary Movie 19. She's going to be the plot of Scary Movie 19. All right. Mo- Moshe. Yes. Uh, she has a tattoo of Warren Buffett on her left breast. Oh, that's not a deal breaker at all. I'm really? Jewish. I'm Jewish. I love a woman that cares about investments. I'm in. <laughs> I read he doesn't give his um, daughter any money. I like that about him, actually. He's given them actually enough money to I'm be sure, rich for the rest yes, of their life. Exactly. Just not all the right. Buffett money. Right. Oh, that's not true. She guys, has, I'm sure she's set up. Really? Um, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You guys have a daughter, right? We have a daughter. Okay, I can't wait in like 15 years from now to play this back for her. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, ribald and risque uh, content to play back for her when she's 15. She's going to have a reckoning in a few years. <laughs> Natasha. Mm-hmm. He sings Journeys Don't Stop Believing when he orgasms. <laughs> okay, I was wondering, I was, ever? Just at karaoke, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely when he orgasms would be a deal breaker. <laughs> Oh my God, that's my father. Wait, can you put it on Answer it. Put it on no, no, no. Please, oh. I want to see how. Oh, he's so sweet and he's so annoyed with me because I haven't been calling him back. I'm so sorry. I can it's tell you were raised well. I want to hear a conversation with really? like a healthy. You can tell I was raised well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Natasha, deal breaker. Well, you might be the first person to say that. <laughs> Natasha, deal breaker. She was raised well. <laughs> It seemed like you had a happy childhood. I did. I, I'm really close with my parents. That's I just, cool. I just. You Are you know. an only child? No, I have an older brother. But you know, I'm still, you know, whatever, a fucking actor mess, whatever. Uh, she pronounces your name, Moshe. This is for you. Okay. She pronounces your name as Moesha. That's a, a, a hard deal breaker and not not even a joke. Like I have experienced this in my real life and I will I have a, an actual set of rules when people think they're funny to call me Moesha. I say uh, you have three Moeshas in our relationship and you can call me that three times. And at the end of the third, we, I, cease <laughs> I, contact, all up. I cease contact with you and we'll never speak again. I've done it before. And I, I remember, used all three. I remember I was in the Tel Aviv Opera once when a woman, when a girl said to me, she did the third Moesha, and I said, we're done, and I've never spoken to her since. Moshe, you went to an opera in Tel Aviv. I did. Don't it, buy it. It was not good. <laughs> well, here's one thing. Oh, I, sorry. I no, forgot, we, no, I forgot no. we were playing a game. I was going to tell you an anecdote. Yeah, no, tell me. Because isn't me. this about relationships? Yes, of course. Well, because Moshe made it seem to me like when he first came over for our first date, he brought over an Igmar Bergman film. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, he's like really into like. Uh, it's called the hipster bait and switch <laughs> right there. Yeah, like <laughs> back, on the house. And, tell, him what, uh, tell him what the second, oh tell him what the second movie was. Rambo? Rambo First Blood. Oh so my it's like, God. <laughs> but that's like double downing. <laughs> but Rambo's okay, but. You can but, do it all. And I fuck and, you. And then he stopped playing video games for two years until I decided to marry him. Yeah, that's, I did not stop playing video games. Or I didn't know about it. Yeah, I kept them from you, maybe. Ooh. That I could keep from her. All right. But I'm just waiting. No, I'm just saying. So you at the opera sounds really funny to me. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a. That thing. sounds like courting Moshe. No, no, I, that was rejecting Moshe because you called me Moesha. <laughs> okay, Natasha. Yes. Next one. Uh, he's a conicologist. 
Colonic- Colonicologist. Colonicologist. Fuck this you, from the- Sim. I don't yeah. even know that was a no, word no, until earlier true. today. I know, I know. Wait, will you say it again? Colonic- I think it's uh, colonicologist, right, Cassie? He Sorry, works on Sim, colon. I didn't mean colons. 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 Yes. Well, he, puts well, on, he puts up freeway colons. <laughs> no, you say colon. Col- he gives colonics for a living. Gives colonics. Right. Um, sure, I could accept that. Sounds like we'd have a nice lifestyle. We probably go to France a few times a year. Yeah, I'm into it. Well, but you know what? This is like deep in the valley. Kind oh, it's of in the valley. Oh, oh. I did, you didn't say that. For no, God's sake. I'll never live in the valley. All right, you could have said he's a see. He's a no, his movie star. And he lives just in. He's a movie star. He lives in the valley. <laughs> Deal breaker. <laughs> We're out. His practice, and is he's in not the actually a doctor. He just you know squirts <laughs> squirts worm that's liquid a, up. That's people's. a no. Deal breaker. Yes, that's a deal breaker. Because of the valley. The, the valley and that he works for free. He doesn't work for free. He's not a doctor. It's just, he's not a doctor, but he does help a lot of people in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a nurse kind of. or something. He's like that guy in Dear John. Sure. Okay. Um, I'll give him a shot. He can have two dates. All right. Yeah. We'll see two where dates, it goes. He, two dates, he, three colonics. It's like a Price is Right vacation. <laughs> Um, sh- uh, this is for you, Moshe. Uh, yes. She was in a cult. Oh, come on! I, you can not, excuse that. Yeah, that's not a deal breaker for me. That's no. cool. No, I was. You guys are developing a pattern here. By what, the way, what is the pattern? <laughs> well, I think. Well, we'll examine it later. Okay, great. no, tell us. Well, the pattern is is that Natasha is shutting everything down. <laughs> well, that's why I feel so I feel so grateful to be with her because she shuts it all down. I will accept anything, anything, no standards, zero below, no standards. Well, you know? I mean, that's how he, you you would always date anyone, right? I. It's not that I would date anyone. It's that I would sleep with anyone who was willing. That was my my one criteria was, are you willing and interested? Great. It, uh, so there were some beauties and there were some, some sh- there were some other situations. And then I found my lady love. All right. That was a, right. Nice, a nice, hard, awkward silence. I can't even silence. believe that you didn't inquire about the what kind of cult though oh which i hadn't really thought about but the thing is you said she was in a cult right. and i can forgive anyone anything for being in the past yes. as long as it's not informing our relationship now i don't care what you've done in your past i don't care at all all right all right all right clocking that <laughs> clocking that yeah what was the cult i don't know blue listen, oyster listen uh we'll we'll figure this out okay. later um, okay, so he, uh, Natasha, this is for you. He suffers from anatophobia, the fear that somewhere, somehow, a duck is watching you. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's afraid there's a duck watching him. But just every once in a while, there's like night terrors. Well, we live on a pond, so that would be very <laughs> difficult for her. Uh, again, I'm not up for it. It's a deal Damn. breaker. Yeah, she, she's got Damn. like a paper, paper thin deal breaker. Woo. If I get a bad cold, she starts packing up the car. <laughs> Moshe? Yes. She has a small succulent on her bedside table. Instead of watering, she pees on it. Oh, that is a deal breaker. That, yeah, that, I won't accept that. No, that's, I don't care about the peeing on it. It's like, why is she doing that? First of all, it's a succulent, so it's a cactus? Yeah. How is she getting that close with her, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on there? Oh, yeah. Well, no, she hovers. She but hovers over a cactus also, and pisses on it. she takes incredible vitamins. Okay. The rationale is that, you know, it's like providing nutrients. Oh, she's like a hippie woo-woo person that's like, oh, this is actually somehow... She's a woo-woo. This is better for the cactus if I piss on it. Yeah. Um, what's she look like? Oh, yeah, she's pretty cute, yeah. Pretty cute? She, but listen, she's, she's, 
Yeah, let's say she's smoking. Is she a Silver Lake 10? A Silver Lake 10? Please don't yeah. ever say that again. Yeah. That, um, that actually, him saying that's a deal breaker. For oh, me. you're out? Wow. We just got divorced. <laughs> I don't know. That's a little crazy for me. But you know what? I'll accept it. Fine. If I love her, I'll, I'll stick with it. She pisses on it. All right, whatever. I'm in. All right. Natasha, uh, he calls his mommy. Wait. He's, sorry. He calls his mom mommy. I was going to say. I mean, I, I do call my mommy. I love her. But, <laughs> but he calls his mom mommy. He's very close with his mom, so we're almost there anyway. I don't call her mommy. <laughs> so I think that I would, if, if he, if you did, knowing how you love your mom, I'd be okay with it. Okay. So like, that's that's not a deal breaker. Mommy, I oh. don't know what well, detergent to use. He could say it like once a month. <laughs> hey, mommy. <laughs> Hello, mommy. It's February fourth, so you know what day it is. It's mommy day. Well, his his mom's deaf, so they sign. So I, I guess if he was called, is there a different sign for mom and mommy? No, there's not. So no, I'm good. I'm in. I'm just under the wire. Wait, wait. You wait. This is not your question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna let this one slide. Okay. All just right. because men who love their moms, they're usually good boyfriends. What if he's like? It's so it's like you guys have slept together and it's like, I don't know, 739 a.m. Right. And the phone rings and he you see him like pick up his phone and he like walks to the bathroom. He's like, hey, mommy, what's up? <laughs> Very specific. Um, you know, I don't know if I could deal with that. Mommy, and Wait, you, hear, you, you, you hear him say like, mommy, I got this super hot chick over. Yeah, she's really funny. Nah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to make her an ego. <laughs> yeah, just like you told me, mommy. <laughs> um, it's bordering. It's it's definitely on the borderline. <laughs> it's so funny, Natasha, that this is the one that you are like okay with. Well, I didn't know how often he was going to say it. I guess uh, all the time. Yeah, I'm but, sorry. But listen, that might be a deal breaker. For me, it isn't. I I would. You were just it, roasting me because it was. I, I listen. I try to make these things challenging. But uh, I don't know. I think. All right. So for you, it isn't. Well, I, I think eventually, if I got the courage, if I liked him enough, I would be like. Um, so it's a, that's funny that you call your mom mommy. Does everyone in your family do like this? Other siblings call your mom mommy too. And um, how about this? Like, he calls his mom I, Barbara, but he calls you mommy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to there. Okay, great. Wait, right. so Anna, would you would you try to convince him to stop doing it? No, Is that your approach? No, 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 no. It would just be it would just be maybe. a feel it out situation. I'm I may seem like I'm an incredibly strong, empowered woman, but truthfully, no, I'm needy, and I just want to please, and I want people to like me. So your parents loved you too much for you to be a stand-up comedian and I guess so. want to hey. bomb on stage every night. We like you, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to our next deal breaker. Uh, she calls her dad, Daddy. And this one's for you, Marsha. Oh, tell your story. <laughs> well, there was one. You love your stories. There... <laughs> Do you want to just tell the punchline without context? <laughs> it seems to be the way you like storytelling. Hi. This is the moth, and I never saw men in the same way again. Thank you. Good night. I bombed on the moth. I'm really bad at stories. I bet, I bet you did. I don't, I'm not good at them. I don't know how to do it. And that was the but last time I prayed. Wait, what happened? <laughs> no, that's it. Good night. Thank you. 
Um, I did once. This is can I? Is this a dirty or a, or a clean? Dirty. Okay. I did once go on a date with a woman, and she was like, we mentioned her father, and she was like, my father died when I was fourteen. The piece of shit. I wish he died when I was twelve. And I was like, oh my god. Like that was the beginning of the date, and I was like, okay. And then we went out to eat, and then later that night we did have sex. And she was literally talking to me, literally in bed with me going, oh, daddy, daddy, <laughs> like a Muppet baby. And I am up, I am up, I was like, could you hide your psychological ish disorder like one layer beneath the subconscious? Like, I can't have a one-to-one, I know exactly what this is. I'm a very open, like, sexually person. That's the only time I've ever told a person, hey, you gotta dial it back on the role play thing. It's not working for me. Like we gotta go, go like adult. a Muppet baby, straight up, like a different voice. <laughs> like it was crazy. I feel like you're making it more guttural than she. She probably was like trying to be a little more sexy. No, it was like oh, it was daddy like that. <laughs> oh, that's good, Natasha. It was so. He's doing it like oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Do it again. Daddy, don't. Die? No, no, not right now. No, no, no. daddy. Oh, what you're doing right now is daddy. sexual. What you're doing right now daddy, sounds sexual. No. I like it. I, I'm interested. Natasha I'm aroused. Natasha and I are gonna have a daddy off. A daddy off. Oh, daddy. <laughs> daddy. Daddy. No, it was more like. <laughs> I want Blue's Clues. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was so creepy. This is what Moshe's... That's the only kinds of people he dated before he met me. (laughs) There was some wild nights. But I did. I said to her, I go, I felt bad because I was like, I don't want to like... I know that being intimate with a person is like a very vulnerable situation for a person. And I didn't want to like... Sounds like it wasn't for you. (laughs) I just didn't know what to do. It was really... it It was not working for me. That's why I don't like casual sex. I don't want that thrown on me. No, I want to like know someone and know they're not going to do something like that when I'm naked. Well, yeah, when but- somebody is like entering your body. Yeah. And then they just start. It's like, I don't, you know, it's maybe it's a little different for, you know, the. I was sweet about it. I wasn't like, hey, stop it with the dude, daddy, you dumbass. I was not. Nice. Yeah, I bet you were just like, oh, I'm about to come. Shut I was up. Like, don't bitch. stop believing, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> so is it a deal breaker, Mush? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a yes, because yeah, I think sure. you were probably. I think she was embarrassed by it, right? Yeah. Like if you're having sex with someone and you start doing that, because some guys do think baby talk is sexy. Oh, so, I think she was proud. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah. Natasha, but don't you think like you think I she think was she, proud? Listen, yeah. if she had given me the baby talk without the "I wish my dad had died when I was oh, twelve, I maybe could have rolled with it a little better. But it was just like uh, I see what's happening here, and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Natasha. Uh, he has his high school soccer trophies in his room. Oh my god, we're not. No, that's not. That's a deal breaker. I don't even care if he's like. But so he was cool. like a forward. You okay, know? you know what? If he was doing it ironically, I would. Because that's kind of funny. I think it's pretty kind of funny. I don't know. But I if he it... was seriously proud of being a soccer star when he was at AYSO and <laughs> on Child Childhood. Like, AYSO. <laughs> my brothers were in that. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. <gasps> um okay, uh Moshe, on yeah. the second date you both go back to her house and she has candles lit everywhere, not to set the mood, but because she doesn't have electricity. Oh, she's like broke? <laughs> That's interesting. I'm more concerned that they're already lit from a fire safety perspective. Uh, but no, I think I would be able to get down with that. I, I, I'm in. You definitely would. Yeah, okay. I kind of like a little uh, bit of a mess. Okay, but here's a here's another twist. Uh, she believes that electricity causes cancer. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> go piss on a cactus, you crazy motherfucker. I'm gone. Moshe hates like woo woo anything, you know. Although I've gone to Burning Man for eighteen years in a row, I don't know why. I do like it, but I also essential hate it. oils. I, I do. I love it. Meditation. And hate it. I don't. Lo- I don't mind meditation. I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, this you could set. Do you, you could, have twenty minutes? Oh my god! <laughs> I have a friend who does transcendental meditation, and we drive over here to surf together. Sometimes we drive to the west side from the east side, and he's twice now done this thing where about ten minutes into the drive, he's like. Okay, you want to put a podcast on or something? Because I'm going to do 20 minutes of meditation while I'm driving. That's like, un- that's etiquette wise, like truly unacceptable, right? He's going to meditate in the car while I drive in silence. I, but wait, not, not silence because he wants to put a podcast on. What, he's allowing me that so that I'm not like furious. Does he want you to use headphones? This no. is the first time hearing of this. No. It's, it sounds yeah, no. like you might need an audience. And no, I just when I'm driving with a friend, he's got to like. Listen, I need an audience too, but it's not. But about no, attention. that's rude. I think that's rude. You would you be down with that? No, okay, but gonna... but it sounds like you like this person. I mean, I mean, you I drive did. from the east side to the west side. <laughs> well, he likes <laughs> to, to go surf. surfing. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I wouldn't. Li- I wouldn't be crazy about that. That, that would be weird. Yeah. And also, I'm suspicious of, and it's because it makes me vulnerable, the idea of meditation. It makes me feel like when people talk about it, my friends that are into it, not that I have any friends, but I've heard about it, uh, friends and meditation. We're your friends, mommy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. Have, stop daddy. It. You have to stop it. Oh, daddy. You've got to stop it Let's right now. Meditate, this isn't daddy. Wh- <laughs> oh, daddy. Let's daddy, surf. Wait, yeah, you. <laughs> Come on, take a surfing. I bet you snowboard or ski too. I just oh, climb roofs and surf. Ew. That's it. But do you like to rock climb? I, oh <laughs> what is this like the the horniest extreme sports girl ever? <laughs> I bet you read. I do read. Ingmar Bergman. 
I watch uh, Ingmar Bergman exclusively. I'm sorry. I'm just the worst. But it sounds to me like, Moshe, you have a higher acceptance. You know what I should say? Is that your threshold of getting laid seems just a little lower. You say higher acceptance? Your wife. I say lower standards. It depends on your nomenclature. Well... Listen, it sounds like your wife um, has thought a few more things through. I guess. No, I'm just not judgmental. I'm an open-minded person. Well, also, no. he's, thinking of this, <laughs> not, he's thinking of these people for sex, right? I'm I was not thinking, thinking of anybody them. for anything. Yeah, for it's your game. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of marrying each of them. <laughs> that was what my answers were based on. October 7th, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. And coming off of almost dying. Seven months ago, I had a heart attack. So. I know. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I'm not. It changed my life. I lost a bunch of weight. I'm still alive. It pre- teaches you. It's like the third act of Scrooge. Suddenly, you're like, everything's a blessing, you know, and shit like that. So it was great. It totally worked out. And it wasn't even painful. So it wasn't even like I was like, oh, my God, I was in agony. And then I changed my life. I just thought I couldn't catch my breath. Whole time. When I got to the hospital, the doctor was like, no, I'm Mark Ladenheim. Nice to meet you. I said, hey, man, how are you? He goes, what's the problem? I said, I can't quite catch my breath. He goes, okay, well. Pain level, scale of zero to 10, where are you? I said, negative three. He goes, well, you're doing this all wrong. I said, what do you mean? He goes, if you're in the middle of a massive heart attack, you should be in a lot of pain. I said, well, I'm not in the middle of a massive heart attack. He goes, you are. They didn't tell you? He's like, they waited for me to tell you. You're in the middle of a massive heart attack. He's like, I could get you upstairs because if it's what I think it is, we got to move fast. Is that when you, did you, did you feel a surge of panic? I mean, I heard, No, because I was baked you were off in the my middle. ass. Oh, good. Okay. I, had, uh, I was shooting in the middle of shooting two comedy specials. We were supposed to shoot two specials that night that were going to turn into a Showtime special, which is already up and running. You watch it on Showtime now. It's called Silent But Deadly. That I love it that you're plugging. Before, I have to. I have to. I was the title before I knew I was having the heart attack. So it was Silent But Deadly is what we were calling it because I played Silent Bob once. So in the middle of two shows... We had a break. You do, I was supposed to do an hour break, then do another hour. I did two hours because I was just on a roll. And then we were going to take a break and do the second show. Um, and then they cut all that together into one show. That's pretty much how they do comedy specials. So uh, after the first show, I couldn't catch my breath. Like I was sitting there going like, I could breathe, but I can't go all the way up, ring the bell, and come back down. This is weird. And I started sweating. But I sweat when I fucking breathe, so that didn't mean anything to me. And then I started getting cold. Then I chased people out of the green room because I was like, I felt like I was going to get sick. And like, I'm like an animal when I get sick. I just want to go off to the woods and fucking die by myself. So I was like, everyone, can you guys get out? Laid on the floor, threw up, and I never threw up. It wasn't chunky. It was just bile. But I was like, that's fucking weird. I never throw up. So I looked for a couch to lay down. And I was like, I need a couch, I think. And I couldn't get comfortable and shit. I was turning left and right. Could not catch my breath. So I stood, I, you know, you self-diagnose in moments like that. You're like, I'm a doctor. I, I know what I should do. And I sat in a chair and put my hands over my head because I was like, this will facilitate breathing. So I'm sitting in the chair with my arms over my head shit. Look like I'm celebrating a touchdown. And then uh, Jordan Muse, uh, Jordan Monsanto, her name is, Jason Muse's wife. She runs our company. She was there and she's like, um, I canceled the second show. I was like, why the fuck would you do that? She's like, I've never seen you be sick and this is really scary. I've never seen this before. And I was like, ah, well, I really don't feel well. I would honestly, like, I'm okay that you cancel. I know we did two hours, so we can cut an hour out of that, right? She's like, don't worry about the special. She's going, but this is scary. I was like, all right, maybe I should go to a doctor. And she says, it's Sunday night, they're all closed. So I called an ambulance. I said, what the fuck did you do that for? You're going to find out I was just too high. This is going to be embarrassing. Fucking turn that around. She's like, I can't, they're here. And when you call an ambulance, the fire department comes. God knoweth why. Six fucking brawny ass firemen came in, man. And some of them were younger, young enough to be like, oh shit, Silent Bob, why is he celebrating a touchdown? 
So they came in. I was like, hey. And then they said, uh, we're here because somebody's in the middle of an episode. I said, yeah, somebody else called for y'all. And then the medics come in. Guy and a girl and stuff. Bobsy twins. She got like this kit and he's got the cuff. And, and they're, they're, like, they're, hey. they're probably asking you like, are you on anything, sir? No. First thing they asked me, they go, what's your name? I said, uh, Kevin Smith. And they're like, okay, Mr. Smith, we need to know. I said, hey, Mr. Smith's my father. They're like, we've heard that joke before. We're, we're rushing here. We need to know what's going on with you. I said, I can't breathe. I said, I can breathe, but I can't go up all the way. It's, my breath is shallow. feels weird, and I've been sweating, but I sweat when I breathe and blah, blah, blah. So the dude's cuffing me up and doing that, and the lady is uh, opening like the, up this kit. The image of cuffing, whatever. Okay. He was cuffing me up doing I'm the just blood pressure. like the thing. idea of you being arrested while you're having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, they would put your hands behind your back. They read me my rights. Um, so the lady, she opens up her tackle box, got a bunch of wires in it, looks very medical. Without even asking me, she yanks my fucking top up. And, you know, I was 256 at that point. Every titty I had fell out onto the floor. I was like, whoa, and I yanked my shirt down. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, we got to put stuff on you. We got to put these leads on you. I was like, I don't lift up my shirt ever. I said, I've been married nearly 20 years. I still haven't taken my fucking shirt off. I said, please never do that again. She goes, well, how am I going to get this on you? I said, I will hold the shirt up open. You reach up under it and shit. Use my nipples as like, you know, landmines or whatever, landmarks. And then you could do it that way. And she looks at the guy and the guy's just like, he goes like this because he's like, we're not going to get anywhere with this guy. So she reaches up and starts doing that. He's reading my blood pressure. And he goes, Kev, do me a favor. Open your mouth. And I said, all right. And I did. And he goes, I'm going to put something in it. I lift your tongue. And I did. And he sprays some shit in my mouth. And he goes, close your mouth. And I did it. And then he went back to work. And I remember thinking like so fucking weird. It's against everything my parents ever taught me in life. Like if a stranger comes to you and says, open your mouth. I'm going to put something in it. You don't, you say fucking no, but he was wearing a uniform. So I would have put it anything in my mouth at that point. I was like, ah, so then all of a sudden he goes, you know what? We're going to take you to the hospital. And I said, please don't do that. This is fucking embarrassing, dude. I just smoked. I smoked three joints earlier today. I smoked one big fat one before I got on stage. That's all this is. I promise you. And he goes, nah, we're close. We're real close to the hospital. So better safe than sorry. Let's just check in. Are you cool with that? I was like, I guess. He goes, you ever been to the hospital before? I said, I've visited people and shit. He goes, well, you never been in? I said, no. And he goes, oh, you're going to have a good time. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, we'll let you do the siren. I said, all right. So they bring me out the back of the club, right? And did you, you got to do the siren? I did. They bring me out the back. There's a crowd of people who are ready to go to the second show who were told he's not doing a second show. And they didn't tell him why because nobody knew. All they knew was I threw up. So the word that they said was he's got food poisoning. So as I was being wheeled out, like in the fucking chair to the ambulance, there's the whole crowd for the second show. And they're like, Woo, go get him, Kev, and shit like that. And I see one guy going like this. He's making that universal, you know, uh, finger into the throat. Yeah, thing. Va, va, like he, he well, I didn't know what it meant. I was like, are you fucking telling me to suck your dick as I get put in an ambulance, you rude piece of shit? But it was a guy going, I heard you were sick. You're like food poisoning. I didn't hear that part of the story and shit. So I get to the hospital. The fucking doctor's just like, you're having a heart attack. I had no fucking clue at that point, man. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's going, you're, this is, this is what a heart attack feels like. I'm, getting, I'm scared as you're recounting this story. I lived through it. Hysterical. I was, but man, I was it's blamed. hard to like so to me, I was, laugh. I, I mean, was it's, so it's level like, the whole time. I mean, you're delivering it in a hysterical way, but man, I'm scared. Don't be. Okay, wait. A couple of questions, though. Yeah. I know that you've had, and I, and I don't want to get too much into this because we've got a bit to do, but did Is it there make, an agenda? Oh, do yeah. I see oh, paper yeah. over there? Yep, 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 yep. Is that how yep. you conduct yourselves on oh, podcasts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys come prepared, I see. Mm. But um, did it change your sort of spiritual view? 
Uh, not really, because I was always fairly spiritual cat. Uh, yeah. um, it didn't make me go, oh, shit, these are the things that are important in life. I always knew that. Um, it didn't hit me on that level. It did remind me how fucking mortal I am. And I don't know if it's this case with you, but those of us that like wind up in the business of show, get paid to make pretend for a living. You, since you're, you're being paid essentially to act in a childish way, not to be a child or be childish, but you're getting paid to do something kids do for fucking free. So as an adult, when you look at that on the scale of things one could get paid to do, acting, making movies, all this shit, that's getting paid to make pretend. You're already way ahead of the rest of the world at that point and shit. Like you cracked the code, you won the lottery, it's all fucking good. But even with that, man, like it's possible to keep the level head of knowing like shit, all this, I'm already breathing rarefied air. This is fucking awesome. I was always fairly together. I had a good head on my shoulders. I was, I mean, although I was a Catholic up until like I was 29, um, but I've always had a pretty strong spiritual center when I was dying on the table. Cause the doctor tells me when I get up into the, the doctor OR, tells you while you're having a heart attack that you're, you're dying. Hey man, I like your movies. He was you're awesome. Dying. Oh my God. I love this guy. He saved my life. He was just on the phone today. He called me about my blood work. He's like, we got your blood work. It's all great, man. He right, went through all my triglycerides and all that shit. And then he goes, hey, man, if I invited you over for dinner, would you come over? I said, fuck yeah, man, absolutely. Invite me and a wife or we'll be there in a heartbeat. He said, all right. And I hung up. My wife goes, did you just invite us to somebody's house for dinner? I said, that motherfucker saved my life. I'll eat out his ass if he asks me to. Of course I'm going to go over his house. So when I was on the table in the OR and shit, Dr. Leidenheim, he goes. Um, Dr. Leidenheim. Hey, name. shout out. Shout out to Dr. Leidenheim. Guy saved my life. I mean, if, if, I was, if I was like, I was in Gotham and somebody was about to shoot me and fucking Batman saved my life. Do you know how often I reference Batman? I'd be like, shout out to Batman. I'd be telling that story like crazy. This guy is the Dr. Batman. He saved my life in the Gotham of my corroded <laughs> oh, fucking heart. Oh, God, there should be an evil doctor that like. Like Dr. Except... Giggles? Oh. That was an old movie. Oh, all right. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Go, go, go back. I'm, um, I all just right, so I'm laying on the table. I want to be an evil doctor at some point. Dr. Leidenheim, not evil, so good at what he does. He pops up. He goes, okay, I got to go up through your groin, through your femoral artery, into the heart. He's going, uh, I want to check that out. He did that, and I was on fentanyl. I didn't know. I thought I was just blazed, but they, they put me on a fentanyl fucking drip. They, when they brought me out of the operation, my wife was there, and she was all upset. And she's like, are you all right? I was like, if that's a fucking heart attack, give me nine more. That was easy. And she goes, what, are you on drugs? And I said, no, they didn't give me nothing. I was sober for that whole fucking thing. And the doctors right behind me go, he's way hopped up on fentanyl right now. So while I was laying there, he goes, um, well, he goes, oh, it's what I thought. You're 100% occluded in your LAD. I said, what does that mean? He goes, you've got 100% blockage in the main artery that comes across the front of your heart. He's going, so what we have to do is open that up. We're going to have to put a stent in you. You know what that is? I said, yeah, my mom's got a stent in her heart. It's a little tiny pencil lead thing that is made of wire mesh. They stick it in your artery and open it up because my artery was all clogged by a bunch yeah. of gross shit that I've eaten since I was a child. So he's like, we're going to do that. And I, he goes, you know what a stent is? I said, yeah, my mom's got a stent in her heart. And he goes, oh, do you have a history of heart problems in your family? I said, no, my mom's got a stent, that's all. Plus, my dad died of a massive heart attack at age 67. So he was like, we got to go fucking fast. He goes, but before we dive into this, Kevin, he goes, I know you like comic books. I said, I do. He goes, you know what they call that artery runs across the front of your heart? I said, no. He goes, it's called the Widowmaker. I said, Why? And he goes, because in 80% of the cases of 100% occlusion, the patient always dies. 
He's going, but you're going to be I, in the twenty percent. Why? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, you know, I was curious and I was baked. I <laughs> yeah, said, why? And he go, he go, he told me, and he goes, but you're going to be in the twenty percent because I'm good at my job. And then he disappeared into my crotch like the white rabbit and fucking just made magic. And the whole time I was laying on the table, I went through a series of things. I wasn't sitting there. I wasn't angry. I wasn't fucking like. I certainly didn't beg God for forgiveness or to extend my life. I figured I made dogma. God would be like, go fuck yourself. So I didn't waste time with any of that stuff. Plus, it seemed like presuming on a friendship, an imaginary one, but a friendship nonetheless. Like, fucking save me. That's what I thought about. I was like, you've had so much. Like, yeah, you're 47. I was 47 when it happened. And I was like, but look at the fucking life you've gone on. You got to do more things than you ever fucking imagined and shit like that. Like, if this is the price you got to pay, like you're going to die early. Yeah, it's early. You thought you'd live much longer than this. But if this is the price you pay, like... Punch ticket and fucking go home, man. Like, pay Sharon, get on a fucking boat and cross the sticks. Don't be a bitch who hangs out digging his claws into the fucking ground. Go, no, no, I want to stay. And I always assumed I'd be that guy. I'm terrified of fucking dying. I'm not brave at all. No courage, all cowardice and shit. But the notion of being told point blank, you got a 20% chance of dying in the next hour if I fuck this up and an 80% chance of fucking being dead when this is all over. Suddenly I was going like, well, you've lived your whole life with your head up your ass, staring at yourself, navel gazing and whatnot. This is it. You may not get the chance after this and shit like that. What are your closing thoughts? So I sat there thinking yeah. about the last 47 years and I was just grateful. That was it. The whole time I was just like, oh my God, what are the chances? From May 1st, they hang your beds. My producer and dear friend, Sim, told me that he um, did oh, no. so well in Spanish class. You're not really doing this that he doesn't know how to speak it, but he can read it and interpret it really very well. He said that? That's what he no, said. No, what I said was I placed out of taking Spanish yeah. in college because I did well in yeah. high school. It's something called advanced placement, so I so, placed out of it. But I told her that I can't speak. I can read so, it fluently. Uh-huh, so he says but, he can read it fluently. And I can understand it, it, I think, so, but I can't. Will you, this is a test for Sim. Okay. Oh, uh, God. I don't know. So, Everyone here in the U.S. tells us the same story. I took a English, yeah. Spanish yeah. college. And all we but know is yo, tango, and burrito or something. But I'm not claiming to be able to speak it. You, I'm not, I never said that. I said I could read it. Read it and understand it was my read assumption. Yeah, I, I think so. So read it and translate it. Okay, so <laughs> where do you want me to, where do you want me to start uh, from? Eugenio, uh, well, from what, the top. What take, it from, take it from the top, Sim. Take it from the top. Okay. <laughs> Voces or, dos banditos. Pega o gallo. Pego o gallo. What does that, that right? Mean? What does that mean? First, continue. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just read it okay. at the end. Ay, busca pe tu acho mesmo que Oscara vau te dar emprego no jornal se tu conseguir tirar esa foto. Oh my God. <laughs> Should I say the, the truth? Well, I, I think I think that he needs to tell us what he thinks he said. You know what? I'm, I'm realizing I mean, this was just a bad idea on my uh, part. Yeah, because but <laughs> I'm you, realizing but that it's been Sim, a long time since I practiced my Spanish. Out of your AP, that was Spanish that was a class. long, long time ago. Oh, but come on, you must have some memory retention. vida por causa de una foto da un tempo. Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry, you and you. No, no, Listen, no, no, no. I'm butchering your language, and I love your language, and I'm sorry. I've completely destroyed it. I just love it that he thinks he knows it. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> this is very interesting, and this is not a sketch. This is this is happening in real time, <laughs> guys. N neither you, Anna, you, and not even the, the the audience that's hearing this. This is not 
Spanish. <laughs> no, really. This I was trying is, to figure this out. This doesn't this look is like Spanish. Portuguese. This is Portuguese. I know. I was trying to figure out why I didn't understand this. This was like. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not. This is why I'm confused. Thank you. Now I feel so much better. You're not I'm even. Like, what the fuck is this? I have never seen these words before. You're not. I even, don't understand. I understood photo. Photo is probably the same, and that's about it. <laughs> you're not even able to notice the difference between Spanish and Portuguese. That's so In my defense, I didn't even look at it. <laughs> I can't believe you guys. That's, Wait, Cassie, that's so embarrassing. Are you like a quarter Mexican? <laughs> you are. You're a quarter. Mexican, Cassie. <laughs> this is not even Spanish. On January 23rd, Colin Hanks. I'm going to test you guys to see how well you know your movie, The House Bunny. Oh. Oh. But it's going right. to be done Ooh. a little differently. She's going to know it much better than me. So, Colin, I'm going to ask you the questions first, and you're allowed to pass anytime you want. Okay. And the goal is to get as many right in the least amount of time. Okay. Okay. So, Cassie, when you have a timer and... So it's just me just for right now. Right. Okay. Colin, where does your character Oliver work? At a retirement home. While at dinner, you compliment Shelly on her knowledge of a certain country. Which country? Uh, pass. Demonstrate how Shelly remembers your name. Oliver. What does Oliver order on their first date? Pass. Finish Oliver's dialogue. I like taking long walks with rude people, but... Uh, offshore piers. What is Oliver's mode of transportation? Uh, he walks. <laughs> I don't remember him doing anything. Who no, does a bike? I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. Who does Shelley tell Oliver she is voting for? Uh, someone on American Idol. When Shelley gives Oliver a donation check, what name does she write on the pay to the order of Phil Trophy? What is Oliver doing when he first meets Shelly? Uh, he's putting up like a, like a, a poster or something. <clears throat> okay, uh, I'll go back to the ones you skipped. While at dinner, you compliment Shelly on her knowledge of a certain country. Which country? Mm, I don't know. What does Oliver order on their first date? Pasta! I have no idea. Okay, and the other one is, uh, you got that one right. Okay, and I think then that's the other one you pass is when Shelly gives Oliver a donation check, what name does she write on pay to the order of? It's not Phil Trophy? Stop the timer. Oh, stop the timer. Okay. <clears throat> All right. That was impressive. That was the probably... Damn. That's probably the best that's ever I mean, going to get for watching. Let me see if yeah, Anna knows any know. of these. Where does your character Oliver work? Do you know? You got that one wrong. Oh, you, you said a retirement home. Yeah. It's an old folks home. It's a nursing home. It's the same thing? Is a that's nursing the home the same? same? That's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, totally the same thing. Are you sure? Yes. A all retirement right, right, home, nursing home, same thing. Fine, fine. We'll yeah. Same totally. diff. Fine, fine. Uh, what, while at dinner, the, the country, it's North Korea. Ah. And you Get ordered... Get North Korean. Did you know that? It was North Korea? Okay. And the order at dinner, that was... Well, for me, I know. No, no, what, well, no. What I, don't, I don't remember. Chicken piccata. Oh, that's right. But chicken, chicken piccata, piccata is not pasta. It's you not can, pasta. You right. can get pasta on it's the not, side. It's not pasta. I just remember <laughs> that it was shot at the, the farmer's market at night. That I remember. That one wasn't. That one wasn't? Mm-mm. That's the Listen, second date? You cannot be blamed. For, I'm so impressed that you remember any of this. 
Well, I remember a lot of stuff because a lot of the Oliver thing, like people will like come up to me and go, Oliver. Like, oh, people will do that. I love to hear that. Yeah, people will, people will definitely do that. Uh-huh. Mode of transport, bike, that's correct. Ah. Uh, whoever Randy and Paula pick, you got that one correct. Okay. Uh, pay to the order of old people. Ah. That makes were, sense. And you were posting volunteer signs. But so you she got was correct. doing the fill trophy. Yeah. I, I, I so was, should we, can we give credit to that one? You, we oh, should, yeah. That's yeah, like yeah, a 50 yeah, yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Give me, a, give, me, oh, give me some petty credit. All right. Give me some petty credit. I, I'm, I, I'm so flattered have, and impressed that you remember so much. I appreciate that. Okay. So, Colin, you got six right. Hey. In a minute 30. That's not bad That's at good. all. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. You have to beat six in a remember. This was only your baby for like Fuck two you, and a half Colin. years of your life. <laughs> this was only the movie that you shepherded up that mountain. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anna, you ready? Yes. Here we go. Cassie, the timer is set. Name of the sorority Shelly helps. Uh, Theta. Fuck. Pass. Pass. Name of Shelly's cat. Pooter. When Shelly was little, what type of mask did she wear for a month because she thought she was ugly? Scooby-Doo. What does Shelly think a nursing home is? A place where people go to die. People go to be happy. People go to be numb. <laughs> Who did Shelly... No, it must be a place of like nurses, where nurses live. Fuck, Okay. Who did Shelly let grind on her during a slow dance at the Playboy Mansion? Oh, God. Ooh, this pass. I got a pass, but I was, oh, that's going to make me crazy. What were both titles of Shelly's Playboy pictorial? Oh. Just name one. Oh, girls who want to sleep with Rob Lowe? <laughs> Which country does Shelly tell Oliver that she is moving to with the Peace Corps? Oh, God. Ooh, the, you made mine hard. It's your movie. Oh, God. Pass. <laughs> That's so unhopeful. <laughs> what kind of car does a Playboy Mansion give Shelly to drive? Well, it's my old station wagon. Finish Shelly's dialogue. Kindness is just love with... It's work boots on. In bunny years, how old is Shelly when she gets kicked out of the mansion? 59. All right, stop the clock. How long? 44 seconds. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, name uh, of this, uh, the sorority Shelly helps is Zeta Alpha Zeta. Wait, I thought you were going to give me a second chance too. Fine. Fine, fine. We'll keep no, going. No, 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 All right, we'll no, keep going. no. It's fine. I, I, I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. No, no, you're right. No, no. We'll keep, keep the timer going. Name of the sorority Shelly helps. I just said it. Zeta Alpha Zeta. That's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. She's on time. I know. Okay, okay, very. So the next one you pass is who did Shelly let grind on her during a slow dance at the Playboy Mansion? Uh, uh, Bob Saget? That's correct. What were both titles of Shelly's Playboy pictorial? Just give me one title. I thought it was Girls Who Want to Sleep with Rob Lowe. Was that one of them, Cassie? Who, no, no. Oh, Girls Who've Slept with Charlie Sheen. Cassie, was that one of them? Do you remember? I got different answers. No, we got different answers. Sorry. That yeah we then no, let me let me keep going. Which country does Shelly tell Oliver she's moving to uh, with the Peace Corps? Uh, I'm moving to uh, is it uh, some place in South America, right? But it's kind of a made up country. Is it Patagonia? Is it uh, close? Um, ooh, cl- no, it's not Colombia. No, Venezuela. No, uh, Uruguay. Um, uh, Ecuador. Um, 
Uh, Colin, do you want to steal? No, I don't. But I just love how we, we're just like given like eight. We're on like chance eighteen on <laughs> yes. this. Argentina, no. Nope. Uh, you can uh, keep going. Brazil. Um, oh. You want to? You want to pass, and I'll get back to it. I guess. Have you tried Estonia? <laughs> okay, that's the nope. Maybe it's, it's not in South America. It's, it's in, yes, it is. Oh, it is. Okay, that's it. So the the answer is Peru. Oh God, the shortest and one. Peru. What were both titles? Girls from the Midwest and girls with GEDs. Oh, maybe they cut the girls who slept with Charlie Sheen line. <laughs> it was in an earlier cut. Yeah, <laughs> see, I have a feeling like for you, you're going to really remember the things that you've like fought for and you're not going to remember like what, it actu- what the actual joke was. You both got six right. Hey! Oh, yeah! There you the go. Time. That's the Shelly way. Shelly would there want us go. all the time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. From August 14th. Bo Anna, say hi to Madeline. Hi, Madeline. It's Anna. Thank you so much for doing this. And Anna's going to introduce our special guest. We've got Bo Burnham here. He directed the most magnificent movie called Eighth Grade. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Bo. Hi, Anna. Hi. You have a beautiful name. I love that name. Thank you. Madeline, so your subject, uh, your subject of the email says, am I a cougar? So let's answer that question. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> Right. Um, so I met my boyfriend almost two years ago at work. We worked together. Um, we were really good friends for a while. Um, we became really close, nothing romantic, but, um, on New Year's Eve of this year, things escalated from friends to more than that. (laughs) And we've sort of been inseparable ever since. Um, he's awesome, great, like in so many ways. Um, I care about him a lot, but shortly after New Year's, he had a birthday coming up and he said he was going to be 24. I knew he was younger than me and we have friends at our old company. I no longer work there, but we had friends of all age groups. So it wasn't a big deal, but I had no idea that he was, I'm 29, about to be 30. We're almost exactly five years apart. I had no idea that he was 24. Um, you know, not like he was 18 or 19. It wasn't like, oh my God, are you kidding me? But it definitely 
we talked about it. I was like, well, you know, I'm 29. Like I'm, I'm going to be 30 this year. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like didn't, didn't he just, he didn't think anything of it. And I, so everything is so great between us, but my only qualm is that he's five years younger and we're moving in together next month. We're both moving to a new city for different jobs. Um, and I guess I, it, after we talked about it and he didn't care about it at all, like it wasn't a big deal to him that I was older. I was like, okay, whatever. And the things were so great. And I felt like I really met like a could be the one person I've been out with always dated guys older than me and not to bash on the guys I dated before, but they were nowhere near as mature as my current boyfriend older than me. So I just, um, it's been the only issue really. And a couple of my girlfriends, most of my friends and family love him. They're like, Oh, that's so great. Who cares that he's younger? Like, what is the big deal? doesn't matter. But a couple of my girlfriends, like we would go to brunch and they'd meet him and they would pull me aside and be like, Oh my gosh, he's wonderful. And I would tell them how old he was. And they were like, they have this look on their face. Like, Oh, well, okay. Both of you are dying. chomping at the bit here. I, I, I'm uh, dying. You go, you go. This, both. Question, this question was made for me. Yes. So that's what you were trying to tell me. Yes. Yes. This is made for me. So Madeline, you're 29. He's 24. Yeah. Um, I am 27. My girlfriend is my girlfriend is forty, and I've been with her for six years. So I was twenty. Oh my god, Bo, you're my new best friend. Yes. So I was twenty-one, <laughs> and she was thirty-three or thirty-four. So that was like, I, I mean, that is a much more. You know, it was. It felt very extreme at that time, and like I was twenty-one. Right. So this worry of like, you know, I don't know him being in his glory days and robbing him of some time that you thought he might be having. Like, it's just. It really, really is not the case. First of all, like the the the, the horrible sexist double standard in this uh, horrible world of ours is like men's glory days are until the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like, and then, so that that doesn't have to be worried about. But right. like, I, I would talk to my girlfriend honestly about this stuff, and and it sounds like from what you're talking about with your boyfriend, you can speak honestly with him, and it's like all he's missing out on is like I don't know awful relationships in your early 20s that don't really work that well like you search so long for a relationship that means something and is meaningful um the glory days are being in a loving relationship with somebody you care about so i mean this is like so close to home that i actually have like too many answers where i can't even go for it but i'm saying i am six years into into being on the other in exactly what you were in and Having literally lost, quote unquote, the glory years, you're worried of robbing of him. It, 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 like zero regret, N- no worry about that. Like if something's working and it's good and you're happy, what he's gonna like run around and like get drunk and have like a- like awful hookups. Like who cares? Like as opposed to like spending time with you and being in a loving relationship and having something work. That's that's honestly like almost verbatim what he said to me before. I think it's my own like neuroses right now that is just well, driving me nuts. I know it's my own personal insecurity. Two two ideas that I have. I think one, it doesn't sound like this is where it's coming from, but if the question is sort of coming from little clues that he's given you, but it doesn't sound like that's the case at all. It sounds like you guys are in a really loving, wonderful relationship. I think the bigger thing, though, is um, the big life change that you guys have 
like if you if you're right now surrounded by friends and family and you're moving to a different city together you know sort of uh like like age being whatever like like i i don't think that that's you know a a thing but i think that 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 this could be coming from a bit of a a fear of that i don't know if you'll have a support system in your new city or not that will present its own challenges and probably some amazing times and amazing adventures but um but it will be a time for you guys to be leaning on each other um having a whole new experience well i was gonna say like and in my 20s too and i spoke with sim about this is that i like really went for it like i moved to so many different cities i lived abroad for a while i've changed jobs way too many times more than I should have but I've like really quote unquote lived it up and oh my gosh like me at 24 is so different than how he is at 24 that it's sometimes hard for me to like get out of my own head and be like oh maybe everyone isn't looking for this like crazy experience throughout their 20s it was just hard for me to relate at first that he was like so cool with it so I was like wait don't, don't, don't don't you want to go like live abroad or I don't know. He's so like, no, I love to travel, but no. Is this, are, are you Are you feeling a tiny bit of cold feet? And it's okay if you are, and you don't even have to answer. But uh, but it is no, something to no, me No, I'll ask. definitely answer. I mean, I really, really care about him. I think that's what scares me and why I'm acting so, like, panicked right now is because I'm, I've, I've avoided finding the right person throughout my 20s. So I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm going to move cities tomorrow, you know. I'm not going to settle down. I'm not going to get close to this guy because I'm, I'm leaving. And this is the first time where I'm like, no, I really want to. I actually do. My only issue is that he's younger and I'm just, I'm afraid of just robbing him of. It's also like, it really is Madeline. It is, it is like a cultural double standard that is unfair. If he was 29 and you were 24, like there would be absolutely no question. It's like, for some reason, like the guy has to have been through all the things and the guy has to have the experience and the girl is just so lucky to have this older guy. It, it can be the other way and really, really work. And, like, you can believe him. And the struggles of, like, you know, I want to go out there and party and be free. Like, that that's just – that's also just, like, normal relationship struggles for everybody of, like, are you are, – you know, do we all just – do we all just want to, you know, run around naked in the mud all day or we don't – do we want to, like, actually be with someone? Like, that's just a lifelong sort of thing. But, but I, I think you're allowed to – you can give yourself permission to do this. Madeline, if um – if he asked you to marry him over like the next few months, what do you, how would you feel? You don't have to say yes. In the next few months? Yeah. I mean, I it, think it, I would it, do it. Wait, what'd you say? You said you'd do it? I think I would. That's the first time I've ever felt this way. Ever. Then, I think I would. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to have that part of my life like tomorrow, but definitely in the near future. Well, like, I think that, um, I mean, I, I think that it, it sounds like you guys have an awesome relationship and and you, you both make each other really, really happy. Um, I think that, uh, and it sounds like he, you know, fucking loves you. And um, I, I do think that probably a lot of open communication in the next like few months in terms of just being in a whole new environment is probably really good. Um and um and then yeah when you know when you when you guys have a chance um uh kick his ass and get him over to europe 
<laughs> it's just her friends that are fucking with her head. That's it. It's just your friends that are messing with you. Because you're not thinking. Yeah. You're, you're, you are when you're with him. You don't think, oh my god, this guy's five years younger than me, right? No, like literally never. And then sometimes yeah. I forget about it. And I'm like, of course. Oh my god, wait. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's also if you guys are together for you yeah. know for a long time, you're going to be like fifty three and fifty eight and going what what the, what were we talking about again? Oh, remember when you remember exactly. when you were younger than me? Yeah. <laughs> you know. When but was also, your birthday? Right. Uh, the the advice I would give, and this is from my personal experience, um, it is it is not healthy to feel like you're robbing him of something. You sh- you don't don't put that pressure on yourself. Don't have that guilt. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like life is so chaotic. So many things happen. He could go to he might have went to Peru and got a tapeworm in his twenty twenties if he wasn't with you. Like. <laughs> No, but really, like, you are giving him something. He is giving you something. Like, let go of the thing of, like, oh, I'm tying you down from having some great life running around. Like, trust him to be in control of his own happiness. He's there because he wants to be with you. He's there because he loves you. And and let that happen. And trust that he knows what's right for him because he does. Yeah, and Madeline, don't don't let, uh, don't let your, your friends and family get into your ear too much and but and also um and don't rush into anything before it feels completely right um i've made that mistake i I don't think i don't think that's what you're doing i'm just projecting my own mistakes onto you but um (laughs) i appreciate it i've I've been there madeline i'm i'm just curious are you are you kind of worried about turning 30 oh some days i'm like hell yeah bring on 30 other days i'm like want to crawl into a hole so yeah, of course I'm. Of course I'm nervous. So do you feel about... like you want to kind of settle down because of that that arbitrary number? I think as a woman, for sure, I get that pressure. But also, I I thought about this a ton, and I think because I have had so many experiences, and like I'm finally, I'm not ready to completely, you know, get married and have babies next year. But I I'm getting to a place where I'm like really ready to just be still. I'm like, all right, just like quit moving around so much and just like plant roots somewhere. I definitely have that feeling. I was worried yeah, about Yeah, I mean I'm I'm going to miss my 20s. It was great. <laughs> I was so I was worried about I wasn't worried about turning 30. I didn't really but the odd thing that happened like on the day of my birthday, my 30th birthday, I had this crazy wave of freedom and relief. It was wild. It was unexpected. It was like, "Oh fuck, I've got the rest of my life ahead of me." Like this feels weirdly liberating and you know, whatever. Uh, it felt it was odd. I did not expect it, and uh, and I, I prioritized myself a little bit more. Um, and uh, it was it was great. My thirties were awesome, and now my forties are going to be fucking kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> you're also going to have a snort. You're also going to have a very fun snorkel back into your twenties via your boyfriend. I'm saying I was bringing like my 35 year old girlfriend to Disneyland. You know what I mean? Because I was 23. You know, the truth is, what's going to happen is like the age question. I'm saying my age gap is way bigger than yours, and absolutely disappeared with my friends and family after a year. And like once you're together, it's never going to come up again. And honestly, Madeline, I think you're emphasizing this in your mind because it's going so well, and it's the only thing, and it's the only thing that feels like it could be an issue you know so like because because it's going so well and because you're feeling so great about it all of your worries going to the one place where it looks like it could maybe could be wrong and it's not it first of all five years is nothing nothing and like 
I think it's just because. But you don't think like a twenty-four-year-old guy is like a nineteen-year-old guy? I was a twenty-one. I was was a twenty-one-year-old guy, so I was maybe a fifteen-year-old guy. But really, some (laughs) some of them are. But I felt like a sensitive, whatever, twenty-one-year-old guy that was. Again, I was worse. Um, You know, Madeline. If we also like, if we, if we futurized, you know, everything in our life. I mean, shit's gonna happen one way or the other. No matter, no matter what. Maybe you guys will be together till you're 120, and then you'll get frozen, and then you'll come back to life. You know, three hundred years from now, and you guys will still be together. And then age really won't matter. <laughs> Bo, I love your advice. And I feel like you and Madeline's boyfriend are amazing examples of how it could work. And I'm so happy that it is. And, I'm, and I know, Madeline, I, I, I really genuinely believe that this guy cares about you. But I just remember when I was 24, I know other 24-year-olds, for the most part, I, I can't let this call go without saying that 24 for a man, as from my experience, is, is not mature <laughs> enough. I'm just, I'm, that's just coming from me. For, for a 29-year-old? For twenty nine, twenty four for a man to settle down. Oh, I'm just down. saying. I'm I don't just even saying, know if she's talking about settling down. Well, I, I, I think, but I think about. that's the next step. I think that's what Madeline wants. Well, but but, but no, the thing is, is that Sam, I, and I hear what you're I'm saying. I'm sorry. I, maybe no, I should, no, 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 no. Because I, I, like, I think everything Bo no. is like, saying is amazing. But like thirty years ago, twenty four year olds were like back from their third tour of Vietnam. Oh, absolutely. It's a different oh, but time, in my twenties, I wasn't prepared for like any. I wasn't prepared. But but I think the next like year will reveal itself to Madeline, and it'll be like you know, okay, the the. You know, the the signs will be there. He right. he may he may be, you know, they may be getting married in like four or five years, or it may reveal itself that like okay, like Bo is the most is... mature twenty seven year old man I've ever met in my entire life, and I mean that as a compliment. I've heard you on Terry Gross. I thought I, I was listening to a forty year old. You got it's on a, Terry it's Gross. You're very 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 emotionally mature man. So I'm just saying that it's very rare, and I know that this is an example. This might be another Bo Burnham. He might, well, she might geez, be dating not, another Bo Burnham. No, no, it's not even that. It's, not even, it's, it's just that like the wonderful, wonderful part about life is being in love and yeah. being happy. And there are so many excuses we can make to not make ourselves be happy and enjoy it. And like it's going good for you right now. Like let yourself enjoy that. Like don't get in the way of it. And what? There's a million ways things could blow up. I mean, geez, we're like – the coal country's on fire. We're rotating around a ball of gas. I mean, you know, oh my goodness, you found love and you're feeling good. Like, in, really enjoy it. You know, so enjoy I should it. buy that horse. Yes, ride free. <laughs> I'm going to buy the horse. <laughs> right. Feel free. And I think too, uh, um, um, he and I both come from divorce. And I think that's one of the reasons. I've always been so mature for my age and he definitely is very mature for his age because of that. And it could be another reason why I'm always looking for like one thing wrong. Right. Well, and I mean, who knows if that's true, but I'm just like, wow, this is going too good. Mm, well, but, but, you know, I, I came from the other case, you know, my parents have, have an amazing marriage. And I think my, and my brother and I have had long conversations about this, about how many times we've, tried to make a bad thing work we ignored all the red flags so there's sort of a, the flip side of that but but listen i, I would say like you know it just true just do what take bo's advice have have a great time and love each other and see what happens and if you know if if you end up breaking his heart or he ends up breaking your heart that's how we grow and if not then you know um we'll see you in the in the freezer and the only difference, and the only difference is you have to currently sign for the rental car. 
That's the only milestone <laughs> right. that's left for him. Yeah, is he'll turn 25 and then qualifies for low insurance on a rental car. So you're pretty much. But another example is like my mother and father, four and a half years apart, and, and they were they were 18 and 22. And by the time my my mother was 24, they had three kids, and they've been together for you know 30 years now. So it's like, as much as there are there's patterns, no as much as it's just like there's no there's, recipe. Yeah, the only. The only thing is like, do you love each other? Do you make each other happy? Is it not completely self-destructive? Is it not like – and if it's not that, it's like, hell yeah. Yay. Right. <laughs> I know. I mean, so far it's been great and I, I I foresee it going well too. I just was – my friends just put a bug in my ear. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't like, let them do you that. Really, you really want to do this? He's so much younger. The, the friend thing is a tough one because they come yeah, from it I at know. all different angles. You know, they've got they've got That's their another own conversation. Yeah. They, I also but, think they're being so extreme. Twenty four and twenty nine. I think it's just because it's agree. a woman and a younger man. When anyone dispenses advice, they bring their own agenda into it. But just like um, us. <laughs> <laughs> will you please keep in touch? And I and I hope that you guys like have an awesome adventure and like whatever. If you can't get away to some fun, you know, foreign country, take road trips on the weekends and just enjoy each other and. You know, you can have his glory days together. Do you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? He can do all the fun 20 stuff and you can do it together. Uh-huh. Like he just. Burning well, man. Yeah. Yeah. You can do all that. Like, it's like. We'll it's, meet oh, you there. <laughs> I mean, Bo, you're really, you're, you're really right. I think I needed to hear that. Just someone, I need some unbiased advice where someone was like, look, what you're doing is okay. It isn't that bad. No, nothing. It's, it's awesome. great. It's wonderful. It's like, no, I mean, you're awesome. not Roy Moore. You're a 29 year old with a 24 year old. <laughs> like, it's so cool. <laughs> it's like nothing wrong. Madeline, Everything's great. You're the best. Will you keep us posted? Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Madeline. And I love you. I truly thank you. Thanks, guys. I love you too, Anna. Enjoy being in love. Thanks. I will. Okay. Keep us posted. Thanks, Madeline. Bye. Bye. February 27th. People arrive and people are screaming and yelling and people are talking literally two inches away from you and and, and it's very hard to focus and I feel like I'm I'm also not one of those people that comes up with the quick um, quippy answer on the flight. I'm like, uh... Hey, Allison. Allison, Danny. Yeah, hi. Hey, hey, it's Cherry from BWE. Hi, (laughs) Cherry. B W O Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, you were right. Yeah. Um. Hey. Um. Kate. So first mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. what makes tonight special for you? Well, um, I think it's just you know it's just a, a lovely night that that you get to see yeah. old friends and oh, and um right. yeah, it's and like a reunion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you see everyone so dressed up oh, and yeah. and you know and seeing uh you know just just yeah know just being and celebratory. I don't... I, well, congratulations. So you you're here for uh. Tanya, Tanya, no, I, t- Tanya, I, you, Tanya, I, Tanya, yes. Um, what a crazy story that right? was. Yes. yes, that really was. I wasn't born then, but I have. I've seen the movie. You're fantastic in it. Thank um, you. Did it Terry. take a lot of courage to sort of step into, um, you know, a, sort of the the role of a real person? 
<laughs> well, that's what that's what I love to do as an actor. I love to be a real person. You yeah. know, I like to, to just you know discover. I'm like a little detective. I uh-huh. like to find out <laughs> what makes this character do this or that. Sure. Or like if I were playing someone like you, yes. I'd want to know what what makes yes. you talk the way you do. And, and have you ever been sexually harassed before? I only by um, um, Anna Ferris, actually. Uh, of course, I shouldn't say that on national. national. Oh no, that's a good scoop. <laughs> I mean, she's just so fun, but she does. She well, she's a little. I she gets a little gropey. A little gropey. But <laughs> that's just between us, though, Cherry. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, oh, my gosh. So I know I'm not supposed to ask this, but who are you wearing tonight? Oh, uh, well, this is a um, a lovely dress that was made to me. Actually, I can't even remember who made it. I'm going to have Can you look in the back of my tag here? Oh, oh my gosh. See, this is so funny. Can you see? I can't see who oh, it is. Oh, Tom, it? get this. Do you, oh, do you Yeah. I can't oh, even it see. looks like Hannah it? Montana made Hannah Mo- it. Was that well? Yeah, Hannah Montana Couture. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. I, she did. Who knew? I just she decided designing dresses after you know the the singing career didn't work out. So who are you going to thank tonight? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm. Oh, I you're going to win. <laughs> who are you going to thank? <laughs> I I I don't you know I'm gonna probably um, thank my um, my uh, the the person who wrote the script for uh, me and thank the producers uh-huh. and thank you know all the people that do you deserve... keep like the list in like your brazier or your like your thumb oh or... I got it I got it memorized up here oh, I have to, I have to have those oh. those people the people I have oh, to thank oh my gosh that's incredible I have to memorize so them. now who are you dating um, I am actually um, here with my uh, with my nephew. Who oh. I am not dating. Let's oh. not go there. You know that would be not a good, uh, not not good. No. So yeah. So no. I'm actually um, right now. I'm just experiencing um, myself and who, what You're I. You're hot and ready to try. That's right. <laughs> I got there's such a long line here. I really gotta. Oh no 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 no! no. Wait a couple more. Wait one or two more questions. Uh, Wait, Allison, Allison, Allison. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Oh, just a couple, just a couple more things. All right. Um, Just worried because I'm at the start of the show. No, 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 okay, no, no. no, 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 Just a couple more things. Okay. Um, Now, do you believe that the Russian inquiry should go forward? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's such an interesting question to ask on the red carpet. Yes, I do, actually. I believe there's something there. I I think that they should keep probing. I think, you know, I... I, uh, The probe, yeah. (laughs) I want to be probed. (laughs) Go on. I believe there's uh, there's there's uh, there's there's lots to be discovered there. I think we ought to get to the bottom of it. We should get to the bottom. And um, I really, I'm just starting. Is it hot? I'm getting very sweaty. I'm going to. It is a little warm here. You know what they say about those red carpets? The heat's always coming. <laughs> oh my God! Look who's here. Look at Tina Faye's right behind oh, me. I'm no, sure no, you want to talk to Tina. Nope, nope, oh, not well, nominated. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm actually starting to sweat like I do. Um, I'm, I'm starting to like, oh my God, it, it being asked just that, you know. Oh, hashtag Allison Janney. Part of the Me Too movement, part of the probe. And we're here to celebrate ice skating, acting, artistic endeavors. Um, the all celebration of, of all genders. Yes. Thank you so much. Sure, you're lovely to talk to. Oh, and... it's been such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. You okay. literally have been one of my heroes. Oh, thank you. For uh, a really long time. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I love what I you loved, have. I uh, mm-hmm. loved you on that, the wing. 
The Wing. Yes. Oh, West Wing. Yes. Yes, oh, yes, yes, God, yes, yes. yes. The Wing. Yeah, the Wingers. Sometimes people call them people who, yeah. Okay, I know what you're Oh my about. gosh, you were so inspirational. You Have you ever thought about running for president? Oh, no, no, no. Only if Aaron Sorkin wrote, wrote the role for me and wrote my speeches would I consider doing that. You know? <laughs> Is he your lover? <laughs> I never took him as a lover. No, we never took each other for lovers. I'm sure we thought about it because who doesn't? Because Aaron's very handsome and sexy. But I, I was taken at the time. I was not available. And I don't play around. Oh, well, all right, you guys. Um, that was Allison Janney. I'm Cherry from BWT. And um, congratulations Terry, on everything tonight. Thank you and so I much. hope that you do grow the wings that you deserve. <laughs> What is BWT just before it? BWT broadcast women's television? Is that what it is? Broad. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Yes. Um, there's there's been a little bit of a corporation change, such oh, so we're still sort of figuring. You're that figuring out. out changing. Okay, all right. Just well, whatever you decide, you are. It's oh, lovely. and congratulations! Thank you, so you look much. stunning. Thank you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm already. I. <laughs> Take me back to Manhattan. Take me back to New York. I'm just longing to see once more my little home on the hundredth floor. Can you see that I'm lonely? Can't you see that I'm sad? I miss the east side and the west side, the north side and the south side. Oh, take me back to Manhattan, my dear old dirty town. Yes. That was amazing. Thank you, everyone. Good night. You were, you didn't know any of the words.